Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands and today it's Dublin Art 342. It's NXT update time. We catch up on all the action, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Monty Pod. Man, you're right. Man, I am so happy to be back. I'm, I'm doing good, and uh, I'm, I'm, man, it's just it's so good. You know, we got so much going on. It's such an exciting time in wrestling, so I just cannot, I could not wait to get back here and especially talk about NXT. Man, we got a lot of stuff coming up, and a lot of stuff that has happened since the last show that we I did mean, together. Without a doubt, it's like I said, it's great to have you back on. And last time we met up was for NXT Vengeance Day, which seems like an eternity ago. We're going to yes. catch up on all the NXT episodes. But first off, we're going to start with a little bit of news. Um, because back in December, a report popped up about Triple H tasking a few members of the team to create a new NXT show. And we get some details about WWE's latest content. Apparently, Fightful Select has a scoop on what it's going to be called. It's NXT Evolve. And the effort sounds like it's been headed up by former Evolve booker Gabe Spolsky and Jerry Borash, who most fans will know from his tenure in Impact. And uh, they are saying that there's going to be heavily involved in the new pro- uh, project. And footage has been shot in the Orlando warehouse. W uses training facility while Raw and SmackDown were filming at the Performance Center from March to August while the PC was being renovated. Uh, as for being taped, uh, we're not really sure what's going to be uh, involved. Rumors surfaced a couple of months ago that the product's been planned for almost two years. Different versions have been pitched during this time. At one point, as NXT Underground as well. Nothing's really set in stone. Kind of fluid. Of course, WF purchase Evolve, um, and of course, the October 2020 performance class was almost entirely former Evolve talent. Um, even with two hours of version of NXT, still got, um, you know, like I said, a lot of talent involved. They kind of want to give it a fight feel, almost like the NXT fight pit. And of course, Evolve uh, former champ Timmy Thatcher might fit into the new show. It's also worth wondering hmm. where 205 Live would go from that as well, uh, and if it would actually be added to the kind of weekly programmes. Um, so that's a bit of news. I mean, what are your thoughts on, do you know anything about Evolve or, you know, another programme, another thing for us to have to watch? <laughs> right. Uh, see, that's what, see, see, we think alike, because that's the only thing I was thinking was like, <laughs> okay, well, now i got to figure out how I'm going to fit this into the schedule of a billion things that, that like you said, that you want to watch. I mean, I, I feel bad if you really are into like other independent promotions because what WWE and with some of the like if you're into smaller promotions I don't know how could you like how would you even have time to keep up with some of the other things like I I, I, I honestly don't know but honestly I'm uh, I'm excited to see what this is about you know I really want to know like you said is this going to be mostly like uh more of a shoot feel type of type of wrestling like you said fight pit style you know, if that's what they're going for, you know, is, does that mean the whole theme of the show, every match, including the women or all, is, are they going to be fighting that style also? Like, what does what does this bring? And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested just to see uh, what type of show this is going to be, because I honestly, like you said, they have so much stuff going on. And I, I understand they have a lot of talent that maybe they have a, ta- a lot of talent that we see, but there's a lot of talent in the performance that we don't get a chance to see. And like you said, fresh signees and all that. So I don't know if this is going to be kind of like their their AEW dark or is this going to be, like you said, uh, the fight pitch style. I have a lot of questions, so I can't wait to see at, uh, what, what it turns into. But it has the potential to be something uh, very, very Cool, and plus with the NXT brand, uh, they do have a standard. Now, that's one thing I will say. With NXT's name now, what it is, like you said, we talked about this all the time. NXT has a great reputation. Like, we talk about how the takeovers are for the pretty, pretty much always great. So, I don't know. I would like to see what this new show brings to that. Like, is this, is this going to be, like, can they live up to 
what the NXT brand has built themselves to be and what is going to be different about it. Uh, you know, like you said, as a comparison to the other show, and I, I agree, what is going to happen two hundred five live? I don't, and I don't know anybody who really keeps up with two hundred five live. But if you add another show, how do you expect anybody to keep up with it? If anybody, the, the few people who do watch it, you know, I have a hard time sometimes catching up on NXT UK because of uh, you know, not only the timing of it, but just like you said, five days a week is every some seven days a week pretty much because even on the weekend you, you're probably recapping something that you missed. So it's just it's everywhere you turn. It's a great time to be a fan, honestly, to be fair. But at the same time, uh, you just kind of, you know, get overwhelmed at, at times. But like I said, if it's an hour show and it's doing something a little bit different, I mean, maybe not like Raw Underground was, but maybe kind not. of fight. Oh, God. You know, maybe kind of like a fight pit feel. <laughs> Right. kind of more you know harder strikes and stuff like this it's like but it has to be an hour show it has to be or even a half hour show you know like uh, uh and this is the thing and i just touched on it quickly because you know mentioned aw with the amount of content now with elevation and you know the right. youtube channel that they've got it's, it's it's a surprise that no one's actually fought at this moment in time why not have a show just dedicated to women's wrestling you know, you've got 205 Live with the cruiserweights yes. and stuff like this. But if you want to be that different, if AEW wants to be that different, go, right, we're going to do you an hour show or two-hour show where it's just women's matches. You can I do agree. it at NXT. You can do it at NXT. You can take over 205 Live and say, this is for the women now, you know? Exactly. I agree. Now, that's a great idea because, like, we talked about, like, that's one of those ideas that uh, we've never seen, especially to the scale of that WWE with that production value, with that budget, that they could take an idea like that. It's, I agree. It's incredibly surprising to me that it's taking them this long to come up with that idea of, like like you said, or taking them this long to at least try it and give it a chance. Like The only thing WWE has even done that even remotely resembles that is Evolution. And I remember enjoying not only that pay-per-view, but I've also heard in years since a lot of people want another one, want plenty more because, you know, it was well done and they see the potential that 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 women's wrestling can generate. And I think NXT Evolve is actually be a great name also for, like you said, all women's, uh, you know, division themed show. And it would be a nice way to do that. I, I honestly didn't even think about that, but that would actually be a great idea. You know, no, this uh, is the thing, you know. Sorry about to say, but the, t- the talent that NXT women, you know, they've definitely got in the division. The people can drop down from the WWE who are not being used as well. Right. You know, it, it just makes sense. But, you know, maybe that's an idea for another day. We're going to move on to talk about salaries because, you know, there's far less known about salaries paid to NXT stars than they are the main roster counterparts. But uh, our good friend Dave Meltzer has uh, talked <laughs> about the huge disparity between the shows. He said they're not making 250000 or even 300000 uh, Grand or anything like that. Balor sure is, but I don't think they're probably in the uh, low hundred thousands. I know one top person in NXT has been there for a long time, probably making about hundred and thirty thousand. Uh, Adam Ooh. Cole probably making a little more, about hundred and fifty thousand in that range. If you see a start out, uh, you're probably getting sixty thousand, maybe fifty thousand, depending on who you are. If you're a guy like a football player, you're probably going to get more and raises at a certain point. Um, and you know this is probably considered the downside in a WWE contract or salary paid, regardless of how a wrestler fares on television or in merch sales. And these stars don't see likely really more money once their merch is factored into the creation. Uh, the downside for all SmackDown stars typically significantly higher, even with lower card talent reeling in six figures annually. One of the biggest reasons talent still views Raw and SmackDown as a call-up is, of course, the difference in pay, despite NXT being relatively WWE's best product. I mean, that is a bit surprising, really. I agree 100%. And uh, that's such, like right at the end there when you make the point that that's the worst part. It's like, honestly, other than SmackDown, maybe, 
NXT is like has been the most consistent and like you said the most entertaining show on there and like when you think about that the pay grade that and like the disparities in pay and it's just it's, it's crazy I can't believe that I mean it makes sense kind of like especially uh in the early days of what NXT was when it definitely was more of a developmental but I guess maybe that year when NXT came up and competed in Survivor Series maybe that kind of changed the way we thought about NXT, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like it changed the way, you know, Vince or the guys who make these decisions uh, on budget think about NXT. So, you know, uh, I think we've all, we've all got the message that they're not the third brand that they want, that they've talked about in the past. I think Triple H in the past have wanted us to believe that NXT is on equal footing as those shows. And I think even something as simple as we talk, we'll talk about it later, those new tag team belts for the ladies is another element of showing that these are two different different worlds because they couldn't even count on the main roster's uh, women's tag team belts to be, you know, shared with NXT properly. They re- The champions rarely came to NXT. I can only think of two or three matches off the top of my head. And so when you think about those type of things and you and you see, like you said, like, like I said, the work rate and what NXT do- brings weekly and every takeover has been just like great. It's amazing to think that a guy like uh, Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano is not making what like I- I'm trying to think of a lower tier. Akira Tozawa is an example. No offense to Tozawa because I like him. But like Tozawa deserves to be making, you know, a whole, you know, five hundred thousand dollars more than what Gargano <laughs> Could be looking at it or something like, what are you like? How does that work? You know what well, I'm saying? So I don't get it. This is the this is the thing though, and, and they kind of talk about you know people at WWE wanting there just to collect a paycheck and just sit there, you know, because it's a good position to have. And you, you got some like talk about Champ and Gargano in NXT who could feasibly you know been asked about would you want to go up to the main roster? You will get paid this amount, and their love for wrestling is such like this day with NXT. And we've seen an example of this. Of course, in the news with Andrade, who was yes. on like you know to talk about like two two million a contract and didn't want to sit there and collect it because he actually wanted to wrestle. And I think that shows you the kind of the spirit and the heart of a proper performer, so to speak, and someone that can just collect a paycheck. You know, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I think uh, when you have situations like that, I'm not, and I don't know if anybody else's situation, but I'm using like Bo Dallas as an example. When you see guys who've been just on the sideline for so long and no, no, ask, they don't ask for anything. You get no word on what's going on and all that type of stuff. It does make you wonder when you have scenarios like an Andrade, like you said, like Andrade really wanted to be on television. And he, obviously uh, I think, it, I don't know how anybody could see, watch him work and don't, and think he doesn't, didn't deserve it. That, it there is a reason why reports said that Triple H did not want him to leave. You know, uh, Andrade is that good. So, uh, it's, it's amazing, and, and I agree. I think that says a lot about the character for you to be willing to walk away from from that type of money. When, like you said, you're doing nothing. You don't have to do anything, and you're still gonna get paid what you need. But you rather go out, you know. And I think he mentioned going out the doing the Mac, going basically going the McIntyre route. So I think that's a great move for a lot. As a matter of fact, I would recommend a lot of people in the, in that position to try. I think Drew McIntyre has created the blueprint of what you should try to do if your plan is to make it back to WWE. Well, it's even, you know, you talk about Bobby Lashley and other debates on the WWE yeah. podcast about him. And the fact is, he wouldn't be in this position he was today if he hadn't have gone to Impact, gone, you know, I tried agree. a bit of MMA, learned yes. the experience, you know, rather than just sitting and catering, waiting for his opportunity. And 
another thing as well, just quickly, is uh, we were lucky enough when NXT came to the UK in 2017, the main event was a tag team match, and it was Drew McIntyre and Alistair Black versus uh, Andrade and uh, Bobby Roode. <laughs> right, uh, and, right. you know, a, a, you, a, you look at the kind of those four at those time were kind of going to be stars no matter what. And, um, you know, Bobby Roode now is on the main roster with a you know, tag team happy enough i suppose yeah. his made it alistair black kind of got completely wasted in a jar day you know you've probably been a, a johnny gagano or champa going well we could make the jump and it, we could end up like mcintyre or mm-hmm. we could end up like you know alistair black right, right. Or, or bobby rude you know so it's and over of, the list that over the years that list has grown of guys who look like they had a chance of being Big guys, don't don't get me started on. Do you remember AOP and NXT and then what they look like <laughs> after the main roster? Like I could give you countless examples. <laughs> so <laughs> that list is yeah. growing as the years go by, you know, because there was a lot of guys that you see their NXT running like there's no way they can screw this up. Then three years later, you haven't seen this guy in I don't know how long. So it, I, it, it's it's tough. That would be interesting, maybe one day to to do a list of you know talk about kind of the strikeouts and the successes of the NXT roster because now the, the negatives got about right weighing the kind of the positive in some ways, but uh, we're not going to be <laughs> negative anyway. So uh, we'll right. move on. And WWE announced its largest class of recruits, uh, a group that include former Impact Wrestling stars Taya Valkyrie and Eli. Drake. Uh, the additions include former UCF offensive lineman Parker Bordeaux and former Kennesaw State running back Bronson Ricksteiner, who was the son of tag team legend Rick Steiner. Valkyrie yeah. was the Impact Knockouts champion for 377 days, long in the history of the group. Uh, and fans have got a taste of uh, Eli Drake, who debuted as <laughs> L. A night. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that every time. Ahead uh, of the takeover, Vengeance Day. Uh, Eli Drake isn't the only recruit to already grace W programming. Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan, Cora Jade competing in the Women's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, all three mm-hmm. failing to advance. Dunning also faced off with Diana Perazzo in the first round of the May Young Classic in 2018, losing by submission in the first round. Um, despite the fact that they don't have any formal experience in the ring, Rick Steiner and Bordeaux will likely excite many in the WWE universe. Bordeaux is built like a brick shithouse mm-hmm. in comparison to Brock Lesnar. Uh, I mean, I actually thought it was like Brock Lesnar's <laughs> yeah. clone. Or something. I agree. <laughs> yes, he looks. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he looked just like him. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I saw some people mistaking him for Brock's son, and I understand completely. <laughs> you can imagine Paul Heyman going up to him and going, uh, "Excuse me, I was wondering <laughs> if, uh, if you could sign my contract." You know, like uh, <laughs> Rick Steiner. Meanwhile. Seems destined to enjoy a long, successful career of course of connections. But your dad is Rick Steiner and your uncle is Scott Steiner going into the family <laughs> business. Seems inevitable. It was a big class that went into NXT, wasn't it? You know. Oh yes, it was uh, a lot. I saw the photos. It was a lot of hype around the class, and well deserved, like you said, with the uh, with Rick Steiner's son. And uh, there's always a chance when you have, like you said, the business in your is in your blood. Who knows just how good he could be. Uh, uh, I, I agree, uh, Parker. I, I immediately, I don't, I think he followed me on Twitter out of nowhere one time, Fucking and I, I guess I was just I really like him, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah. Already, he's already my favorite. <laughs> Follow me. I don't know if he checks out the show. If you do, uh, I hope you check out the WNR also. So shout out to you. But anyway, uh, 
He, uh, it, I didn't, I don't even know why, but I appreciate the follow either way it go. It worked out because it's like not a week after I realized who he was, then I saw he signed WWE. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> that worked out perfectly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, besides that, <laughs> besides that, uh, I, I agree. He's huge. The potential is obviously there, and we all know. You just mentioned it with the salaries. WWE and former football players, they're like, they're, I mean, they don't, it don't always work out, but they love giving them opportunities. That's just, that's just how it works. Like Vince or, you know, the guys, the trainers, big football player, money. They see ching ching. So uh, we, who knows uh, how that would work. And Talia Valkyrie, I've always been a fan of uh, what I've been able to see of her, especially her late, uh, the work she's been doing the last uh, her last run of Impact, I really enjoy a lot of the stuff she was doing there. So I can't wait to see what she got. I'm actually uh, thinking that we'll see her sooner than later. So, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. So let's get on it. We've got a load of NXT to catch up on. We've got seven episodes, and let's start with NXT update. Last time we had left it was NXT Vengeance Day, and it's February 17th now. We start with a typically excellent video package recapping Sunday night. Adam Cole's superkick, or Kyle O'Reilly ends it, and we head into the CWC where Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett, Beth Phoenix at ringside talk about the card. But Kyle O'Reilly cuts him off. He hits the ring and calls for a mic. We all saw what happened. He keeps replaying the moment in his head, trying to make sense of it, but he can't. He's shocked, confused, pissed off and disappointed. Undisputed deal was supposed to be different, and Adam Cole ruined it. He kicked him in the face, but more importantly, he stabbed him in the back. But Cole stood his brother, and he's willing to hear him out. At the end, he probably punched him in the face, but he'll hear him out. Roger Strong comes out instead of Cole. He knows uh, Adam did it out of emotion. He didn't mean it. But Carl doesn't want to hear it from him. He's just pissing him off more. He wants Roddy not to get in the ring because he doesn't trust him. He knows who to trust. O'Reilly demands Adam Cole, but he gets Finn Balor instead. Carl O'Reilly says he's not looking for Finn, and Balor says that it doesn't matter because he's looking If O'Reilly wants Cole, he needs to get in line behind him. The champ knew he shouldn't have accepted uh, O'Reilly's hand at TakeOver, but he did. Now he wants answers. Roddy gets in Finn's face, saying Carl's nothing to do with it. And then Pete Dunn attacks. Only Lorcan and Danny Burcher with him. Strong and O'Reilly are taken out. And the Hill Trio stomp out Balor until officials break it up. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, my thought on this straight away with the opening segment was O'Reilly will be the NXT champion at some point. They've done this for him. I was, I was muted. I was talking muted. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they, uh, that was, you know, I did not, I was not expecting it. Wow. I really was not expecting you to say former NXT champion uh, from this segment. But you know what? I really did enjoy uh, the the overall I my favorite thing about this entire program I know it's weird but I love picking little small things out and it's the we were supposed to be different it's just little things like that that really makes you love it because we all if you've been a, a long time wrestling fan like me everybody knows it, it as a matter of fact especially in recent if you've been watching the main roster if you are a faction you are guaranteed a day in the sun where something, where somebody is breaking up. It just, it doesn't work. It, they've, it's no other than the new day. There's no uh, long-term, you know, group. And even now, I think you know they are supposed. I guess you can call it split up, but not really to me. But whatever. Either way it goes. Uh, the fact that he acknowledged that they were like they were supposed to be different is such a strong point because we all know that in professional wrestling factions. That's what they do. They turn on each other. They split up at some point. And for him, you know, that emotion is one of those things as a longtime wrestling fan that I really, really like. And I agree with you. Kyle O'Reilly has the potential to really be one. Like, you know, and it's funny as part about it. I didn't even think about it. I thought from the original inception of the uh, of the Undisputed Era, because even I was a you know fan of Adam Cole and Ring of Honor. And I knew them when they were uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. 
I think it was Red Dragon was their name. I, re I remember those days, you know, uh, and I and I enjoyed them all. But you couldn't tell me that this group was not built for Adam Cole to prosper originally. The fact that they've been able to pull another star out of this group, that, that may be something else I'm not sure oft happens often. You know, maybe maybe since like the Evolution type of days. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Evolution is the only other group I can think of where two guys may come out of this situation, you know, as – like you said, world champion material stars. And I think this is the beginning of, like you said, Colorado showing that, you know, this feud is the beginning of that. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I really liked uh, not, not only this segment, but like I said, I really like the energy that Colorado, the hurt. You can feel it yeah. through, through, uh, you know, through the promo. So I think the promo did his job based just solely on that. And Finn Balor thinking O'Reilly set him, set, set him up was also an underrated moment of, of that segment because of, honestly that's the that's the realistic reaction. So I like that. Well there's an excellent point they made as well. It's like they made the group for Adam Cole and they broke up because of Kyle Riley and that's the kind of thing. But it's like I said layers to the story and it's not right. only just about the formation of the Undisputed Era, but it's the Balor involvement involved in it as well. And of course then from there the kind of you know what Kyle Riley and Adam Cole think and then even Pete Dunn with Lorcan and Burke being involved. It's just you know, like I said, it's a really good story told with lots of moving parts. But the announcer then kick it back to general manager Winnie Regal for an update on Santos Escobar Karen Cross match they announced last week. Espo sent a video message saying he was going home and only face crossed in his terms, not Regal's. The GM said the match will happen next week or Santos will be suspended indefinitely. And then the first <laughs> matchup is Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Candice Sway and Indy Hartwell. Julian Geller heads the commentary and hands out some missing flyers with Austin's theory on them. Don't forget, he got kidnapped at Vengeance Day. Uh, tags again. But tag to Candice, uh, Candice, but as she goes on offense, the camera takes us out back with familiar white van pulls up. Johnny has to check on the van if you get a full commercial <laughs> break. Uh, shots through a hot tag as soon as he returns. You hit his heart well with the usual flurry and covers, but only gets two. Um, then we see Blackheart. It's her turn to uh, get in trouble. We see um, head to the parking lot, see Johnny trying to get into the van. And then we see Ember um, for Candice for two moon climbs for the eclipse, but the way he knocks off the ropes. The way sets Ember up for the Springboard combo, but here comes Johnny with uh, Theory. He zip-tied and in boxes, but Larray is so excited to see him, she runs up the ramp. When Indy looks on, she gets rolled up by Moon. So Shotzi and Ember Moon defeat Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell. But the way are celebrating on the ramp. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was an okay match, but I think it was more about finding Austin Theory than it was a tag team match, you know? Agreed, 100%. It was definitely uh, the main focus of this segment. And like you said, it was all about uh, uh, theory, like you said, the, the result was predictable. Also, in my opinion, honestly, and uh, you know, uh, I honestly didn't. I, I I thought I knew that it wasn't gonna be as good as their match that they had at that takeover, and you know, I thought they did really good with what what this was. Like you said, the goal of this segment, and that was the storytelling about Austin Theory. So it it, it did its job, and I think you couldn't ask more from it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think we're out of doubt. Joseph then kicks it to Pat McAfee, private jet. Pat Mac says hello to the internet wrestling community, introduced himself as our favourite wrestler. Basically, uh, I told you so, similar to his post-takeover tweets, then he signs off so he can head to the beach for some Mai Tais. What a prick. But he was right. He always said Adam Cole, and it was true. It's true. Yeah, I loved it. It was such a nice touch. 
He, he, it was such a nice touch because I really loved him coming back and being like, oh, you guys thought I was the bad guy. <laughs> I told yeah. you. It's such a great. Yeah, yeah you thought great. I was a prick. Yeah, look at look right. at this guy. I did say, yeah. I've been telling uh, you the whole time. Yeah. After break, Mackenzie Mitchell checks in with Kashida in the training room. He puts over the match on Sunday, but said he's not done with Johnny. Once Rude comes in to check on him and says he has eyes on Garno too, but he wants Kushida to heal up. If he needs to figure out who to get next shot of Johnny, they will. Reed offers a fist bump and Kushida hesitantly accepts. And then Malcolm Bivers is in the back of the room and approaches Kushida. He checks to make sure Kushida is cleared and says he's just the opponent for him tonight. Bivens heads off to Regal. And then get Leon Ruff versus Aya Swerve Scott. Ruff gets a high-flying takedown, some early offense, but... Uh, it's mostly Swerve beating on the former North American champion. Ruff rallies and hits the rebound clothesline, followed by his leaping, twisting cutter. But Swerve gets a foot on the ropes. Scott's back in control, but he's overconfident. He gets caught by Ruff's flash crucifix pin. Uh, Swerve laughs, high fives, uh, and accepts a hug. And then that set up a punch in the mouth. And the beatdown is worse than anything before, including grabbing Ruff into the corner swerve said he's tired of rough getting handed everything while he waits for his this was not a bad match but swerve looks so comfortable turning into the hill this could be a start of something special what were your thoughts uh i agree 100 percent, man they have really they have really good chemistry uh you know especially for a match that i thought you know wasn't as long as maybe it could have been but you know honestly i really love like you said the back and forth and how they work together you know the, the speed in the ring was just incredible and honestly i think rough works really well for isaiah's heel turn since they're both you know in cruiserweights and i think the way he the way uh isaiah turned and the viciousness was aided by how rough you know looks if you see what i'm saying and how how you get how he's bigger than rough he can dominate rough and it, it just added to the viciousness of this new side of isaiah so he digging and plus i really love swerve because he can do anything in the ring you know what I mean? And so it's kind of cool to see, or at least I'm excited to see what, where else can he go character wise? Cause I really think that's all Swerve really needs to get him to the next level is something to lock the fight, the fans into his character. So he, he has it in the ring. He has it all in the ring. This could be the, the level that could knock, knock his character to that next step that he needs. Yeah. I completely agree with you with that. I remember seeing a documentary about Swerve, uh, as part of, I think the wrestlers documentary, he was going to all these different places to, you know, being like a you know, hardcore wrestler, uh, trying all this kind of, you know, technical stuff and just trying to learn different techniques. At that time, like you see, when you see these guys, you're not really sure until they show up somewhere. And then right. when I saw him in NXT and I thought, well, this is a guy who's kind of got all that together. And like you said, just needs that character and that, that little momentum to kind of get started. And hopefully it happens now. But uh, before the next match, we get a reminder of Casey and Caden's running with T and Shah last week. They get an inset promo saying that no Zeli Zeli is brainwashed by the mythological mythological figure <laughs> Mai Ying. Easy for him to say, but tonight it's about winning their match, and it's Caden Carter and Casey's Count Zaro versus Elia or no oh, and uh, Jesse Kamea. Gonzalo, Ooh. impressive offense on Kamea. Carter in for a moment, and Casey's back in for a handstand on the ropes into a head scissor. Jesse attacks from behind, and the hills, well, Carter in the corner. That doesn't last long, though, as Casey comes into hot tag to light up a liar or numph and hand the net breakers. Ends it. Caden uh, Carter and Casey Gonzalo get the win, and then Zaya Lee is out with Boa now. Caden steps to her, but Casey says, Let me handle it. Leave Marks a hand with two black marks, and says, Next week she will <laughs> purge her. The dreaded black marks. Of Rugugu. 
or, or something, I'm guessing. <laughs> the mark of death. <laughs> Did she mark her? Like, what you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are now purged. This was insane <laughs> to me that, that, that whole... I think, I don't know, I don't even want to go back into the whole, you know, brainwashing and whatever, mythological part. Yeah, we can... Anyway, this match in particular right here, I was absolutely just dumbfounded with how, you know, it was okay, but it was just, it was sloppy at times, and I get, like I said, no offense to anyone in the ring, because I know everybody, like, even uh, Casey and, uh, you know, Kanazaro are both you know, on the green side when it comes to it, and I and I think Kamea and well, Aaliyah shouldn't be that green. I don't. Again, I, I don't even get me started <laughs> again on my on my uh, rant on Aaliyah that I just don't understand how. But I don't like I said I don't want to act like I'm coming for anyone because I know it's hard to do what they do. But man, this match was sloppy to me. But at the end of the day, this was all about setting up uh, the match. You know, with, between Lee and Kanazaro. So, you know, I can't wait to see, you know, what happens next, I guess. But, yeah, the whole storyline and the whole – I get it. The point is of this story is Zia Lee is uh, more, you know, vicious now, and she's taking out her former friends. All the other mythological stuff that I don't necessarily <laughs> need from it. But, you know, whatever, you know, to each his own, of course. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it's, it's the problem. You don't want to be dusting, you know, saying in your room, suddenly you see two marks on your hand. You think it's the, <laughs> the mark of death. Well, like, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what are you, like, what is going on here? <laughs> I, this is supposed to be a job. <laughs> Did you go to work? <laughs> They're going to murder me in a week. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, in the locker room. Bivens tells us Regal approved his match. He knows Kashida isn't 100%, but he's clearer. He's got to learn Tyler isn't a rookie. He's a diamond in the rust. Uh, he's got a need for speed. <laughs> uh, anyway. Because <laughs> he looks like Aaron Paul. We get on that. <laughs> he really does. Yes, uh, we get, I agree. We get MSK and Raquel Gonzalez to cut Kai making her way to the ring after break. Beth is in the ring with a Dusty Cup trophy. She puts over the teams in both tournaments. Then introduces a video on the winners. She brings out MSK and Wesley and Nash Carter off for a moment so they can work off some energy. They mark out on the ramp. They get in the ring, give the Hall of Famers some hugs. They're hyped, seeing their name in the cup, and they throw out a challenge to the Tag Team Champs for March 3rd. Uh, Folks, this was good uh, by MSK and Beth. Asked them to help him introduce some women who made history. Cart points out the names are right across from theirs on the sides of the trophy. Kai and Gonzalez are out to get a you deserve it chant. Raquel's all smiles as Kai says nothing more. And Muff makes them happier than crushing all their opponents before they can make um, much further. W Women's Champions are here. Nia Jack, Shania Basler head to the ring. Challenge introduced Nia to the Dusty Cup winners. Cart holds the ropes to them, but they head to the corner and literally pull out popcorn to watch the stare down. That's nice, boys. And they share with uh, Beth. And then the Dusty winners of the Tag Champs trade results. Dakota introduces uh, Shania as the woman who ran off after Rhea Ripley beat her. Raquel asks if it's the same Rhea she beat in the last women's standing match. Uh, Bazler calls back to how she bullied and broke Kai's arm in her NXT run. Dakota says she's a new woman and looking forward to kicking her head off. Now I ask him to calm down. She's here to honor Dusty. Man told her she was the biggest badass he ever met. Raquel says this because he's never met her. On March 3rd, <laughs> when they have the title match, she's going to stick her boot up Nia's hashtag Oh, this was a great segment, wasn't it? You know, I agree. I think it, it accomplished multiple things at once. The only thing, I, only problem I had with it at first was that after MSK announced 
what they were doing. I honestly had no idea why they had to still be out there. That's the only thing about it. But they at least they were entertaining when you know in that in that role. Though they still found a way to make it entertaining, so I let it go. Uh, but uh, I must say this: I uh, thought that they did a really good job of bringing up that, uh, like you said, the history between Shayna Baszler and uh, Dakota Kai. But I kind of even wish they leaned into it even more because. You know, Dakota Kai's whole, her entire reason for being who she is now is due to Shayna Baszler, if you remember. So if it would have been nice to kind of delve or talk about that a little bit more to add, you know, fire to it. But honestly, I think we all know that the, at, at that at this point that this was also about including Gonzalez in it. So I guess I can kind of understand not wanting to make it all about Dakota Kai. But Dakota Kai probably should have took that title match a little bit more personally. But it was what it was, though. I, I think it did what it needed to do. It had me hyped for next week. I was ready to see what was going to happen. So, yeah, I think it, again, did accomplish the goal of hyping up the NXT, I mean, the, not the the women's tag team uh, championship match to next week. Yeah, like I said, Vakalka, because there's a killer and a backstory, the arm break and Kai. And then we see Roddy and Carl arguing in the parking lot as we go to a commercial. We come back to the amazing Cameron Grimes film takeover. This version ends with a car crash and we see he's wrecked his Lambo. We'll just have to get a new one. Uh, what a dick, but you got to love it. Earlier today, women's champion yeah, Shy was doing a photo shoot when Tony Storm jumped her. Storm left Shy being checked on by officials and announcers meant she's upset because she wasn't pinned in Sunday's triple threat match. And up next is Kushida versus Aaron Paul. Uh, they trade holes a little bit where Kushida delivers a kick to the arm. Uh, Paul then tries to get up, but Kushida slips through and grabs his arm. Hoverboard locks in deep. Bimmer's on the apron. He saves his fight by throwing in the towel. Um, Kashida defeats him by stoppage. Russ tells his manager he could have had that one. Yeah, I'm sure you could have done. Yeah, you, you really could have had that one there. Uh, it was it was a kind of a squash match. We'll move on. Video package on Joey as we start. We really should fear his Dusty Cup partner in action next. And first, we see L.A. Knight's <laughs> arrival on Sunday. And it's say someone knocked on the, on the door. He goes to show off the interview, but then says, let me talk to you. Everyone's been talking about how he's a hottest free agent, and that's what everybody says when they come. But if anyone doubts him, they can try to stop him. That's a fact of life. It's L.A. Knight's <laughs> game. Um, folks, he looks like Austin Aries, but sounds a bit like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was just I about mean, to that's... say, he's really going for either. It's either the Austin or I, I think The Rock, too, a little bit in there. Like, it's... <laughs> Uh, he, I don't, I know, I'm glad you said this because he sounded like someone completely different than what I remember. Uh, it's, it's but, like, yeah, it's like it's he's going to go, go, Jesus Christ, you goddamn kid. What are you saying to me? I was like, goddamn, I'm going to win the MC title. <laughs> Bro, like he, I don't. I, I, he was channeling definitely a little bit of Austin. He threw some rocking. Uh, he, yeah, I, his promo style reminds me of a lot of uh, people. I, I, but to be fair, I will say this: they are a pretty good, you know, braggadocious type of promo. So I, I think this, uh, you know, at least for you to get to know who this character is supposed to be, I pretty much get it already, like where he's going. With yeah, right. Uh, and then Zoe Stark versus uh, Valentina Feroz, and after Pony Power moves by Stark. Ferrons gets a kick, a judo throw midway through the match, but only Angus Stark, big kick in the corner, a GTS variant ends it, Joe Stark uh, wins. Ferrons impressed me as much as she can. And then we get Scarlett and Cameron Cross black and white promo. Scarlett says Santos doesn't have the power to stop this. There's no pause button on this nightmare. Cross says Mr. Santos <laughs> has two options. 
Sharper get his fist put through his face or stay home, get stripped of his title, then cross destroys, destroys him eventually. Tick tock. I mean, if there was two choices, you're not like the best style, eh? You know, like you're going to be, do we stay home, get our title stripped, or do we get smashed by cross? I mean, for me, I'll probably stay at home, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Does anything about yeah. him look like that's what you, that's like the good decision <laughs> is to, like, come on, man. Like he looks uh, like a killer. He's a oh my goodness, he's so good. But yeah. And then and then the main event: Pete Dunne, Lorcan, Danny Burch versus Finn Balor, Kyle Ryan, and Roderick Strong. Roddy entered the usual uh, undisputed era fan club, but Carl isn't with it. After the break, Carl starts with only refuses to tag Strong, only bringing in the uh, champion. Uh, we see uh, Finn and Pete blocking his finishes. Sling Blade connects, but dropkick follow up takes out the referee who's dealing with Birch, doing something with a belt. I mean, you know, not in that way. Finn still goes up for the coup de grace, but here's Adam Cole to knock him off the top. Cole then stalks Carl and pump kicks him. Brain buster on the steel steps. Ooh. I imagine JR's voice in my head going, damn him! <laughs> damn him! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Always. Um, strong then lays out Birch, who again uh, had the NXT title. He takes talk to Finn, who hits him uh, with the Pele, but looking... Uh, that leaves Dunn to sneak in and hit the champ with the bitter end. Dumping Balor. Yay. Mm. And the hills head up the ramp, <laughs> leaving Finn alone in the ring. He picks up Tart turns into a super kick from Cole. The ref uh, calls for help for O'Reilly and Cole grabs Balor's title and holds it up as uh, the show ends. What were your thoughts on that? Man, I really love this match. There was no way this match wasn't going to be fun, though, you know, with everyone involved. I mean, with Pete and Finn's chemistry still, you know, from the from the takeover, you know, leaking into this show and, you know, with the with the Undisputed Errors business. And of course, we all know what Lorcan and Birch can do. Uh, I, I thought the match itself was great, but everybody knows I know what went viral and what caught my attention was what happened after the match. Uh, and people weren't even really sure when this happened, if O'Reilly was actually OK. So that added an element to it. So. Uh, I think that really when, that really put this feud into oh, into that level of okay now we know they're going for it you know the next takeover we're definitely going to get Adam Cole uh, if you know and Kyle O'Reilly if he's okay so uh, this was uh, a really really good segment and it made Adam Cole look like a piece of you know what you know what I mean he really looked yeah. like trash doing that to not only someone he claimed was his friend but you know. Uh, also, you got to know, you got to see kind of what Adam Cole's thought process was with him uh, attacking Balor at the end and holding up the championship. So it did a great job of letting you know where, because I don't think at this point Adam Cole has spoken about anything yet. Yeah. So uh, it really gave you a good idea of where this was going. What I was going to say though is because uh, obviously, like it's all about the stretcher job. Uh, Kyler Riley kind of collapsed after the show went off the air. They weren't sure on Twitter. Personally. Um, I don't like these angles, uh, and and it's only I I think part of the reason is mm-hmm. is when I was a very young kid, I watched Over the Edge 1999, ah, uh, and yeah. w- I went and I watched it live, and you know I was only 12, 13 at the time, and when it happened, you kind of not sure, right, and right, right. Uh, and kind of since then every time I see it, and I don't know if it's just because I saw it and I just think it's in bad taste or right. in a certain way, I just I'm not feel comfortable because I. I want to know if the performer's actually safe okay. and healthy or, or, or not. And I know it's a bit weird. I know stretcher jobs have been done wrestling, but I think that's me personally. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts about the whole kind of the way they did it? I think stretcher jobs, 
they did too many during the Attitude Era as well. Uh, yes. I was you just know, about to say, right. that's one thing. It was a staple of that time. And it kind of, like you said, I agree 100% uh, that it, 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 it was overdone. So when it comes out now, you you think the worst, especially since they stopped doing it for a long time, too. Like, it wasn't that many stretcher angles that wasn't legit serious. This guy cannot make it backstage, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I understand that completely. The, the fear... That I was not only me, but just I watched the spot and I thought everything was fine. The fear didn't really set in to where you hear, uh, like you saw things on Twitter and you saw people saying this and saying that, and that's when it really hurts. You're just like, oh my goodness, is, I hope everything is fine. And I, I agree 100. That is something that I don't think. First of all, breaking up the undisputed error is big enough on it in, it in itself. It doesn't. This story doesn't necessarily need that. You can make that argument, too. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from in this case about uh, about that. But uh, I also can understand how they thought this could add, you know, to, like I said, making Adam Cole look a certain type of way. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. But I, I understand completely what you said. And that fear, yeah. you don't you don't want to put your fans through that. And you definitely don't want to think about or to worry about. At the end of the day, we want to make sure everyone's safe. Like, we talk about it all the time, like, when EO Shirai and some of these matches or Shotzi Blackheart in some of these matches, we we just want her to be okay, you know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. That's the thing, and, you know, especially with the announcers doing the kind of, oh, and um, this this doesn't yes. look good. It, it, that yeah. kind of, it's just, I feel, but, you know. It's, but anyway, like I said, it is what it is. We move on. February 24th, and Scarlet Bordeaux is drawing tarot cards and predicting the fates of Santa to the spies of no one uh the prediction ends with obliteration at the hands of carrying cross on tonight's show tiktok and then we see dexter doing that weird move towards us in the ring like a bulldog walking <laughs> you know when he's, when he's <laughs> that's uh, when my bulldog walked towards me that's the kind of way it looks um towards the ropes and then the way I that's what I thought, the way as a backstage rally chant and that's the way uh-huh uh-huh i like it austin fury <laughs> says that should be a song um, they all catch the ring and Gagano leading the way. They all step through the ropes. Loomis stands there all alone with no backup, staring in a hole. Uh, fearing how well, both tears interfering and back off. Gagano, uh, Kansas Fraber distraction lets Gagano hit a drop kick. We get a super kick by Gagano, but he should have known that only works for the heartbreak kid to get the victory. Meanwhile, Austin Fury sends a chair into the ring while Candice has the ref distracted. Loomis stands in it with a foot to block the usage. Gagano starts sending his leg. While the ref is checking him, Fury teases that he's going to hit Loomis with a chair. Loomis sees it, throws Gagano by charges, and Loomis puts a squeeze around Gagano's neck and puts him to sleep. Ring the bell. Uh, the winner of this contest, Dexter Loomis. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I really enjoyed this match. Uh, it was, you know, another great, you know, I mean, come on, what, what else is new? Gargano put out a good match on NXT. I mean, that's that's just that's, you know, it's normal. But anyway, at this point, uh. But yeah, I really like this, and I love the story they're telling with the way, you know, the fact that Theory has, you know, he was swayed, you know, whatever, what, with whatever happened while he was kidnapped, uh, really made him, uh, you know, like you said, it was something that affected him when it comes to Loomis. And uh, also, you can even see it here. Hartwell with some of the faces that they were zooming in on the camera that she was making at Loomis. It was just the I really like the story there. It was just unique. I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's what I like the most about it. Uh, but Gargano has just been great as a heel. And this is just another one of those uh, great moments. And I and I think Loomis needed something post 
the uh, can't, he needed another heel to play off like Cameron Grimes. Like it worked out with Cameron Grimes. I think Gargano is a perfect person, especially this type of character with the way the way they the way they story tell. This this feud is a, a great fit for Loomis. About that, like I said, Johnny has great chemistry with everyone, sign of a great talent, great visuals in the match. These two have been connected for a while. Will Loomis hopefully get his takeover moment? What of Kushida, of course, we found out a little bit more. And the other thing that came out of this is uh, Dan Severin is Dexter Loomis's dad. Uh, and of course, I was on Twitter about this talking because I thought... Who I've seen someone like Loomis before with no personality, not person, <laughs> but you know, just yeah. really like quiet, deadly stare. And then I realised, yes, that must have happened. Dan Severing is Dexter Loomis. I mean, it's amazing we find this stuff out on the podcast. But um, if you, <laughs> I think if you don't just believe me, you just made him scarier. <laughs> like, now, I mean, you already Dexter already creeps you out, but now you find out he can fight like Dan. Oh my goodness, let's get a <laughs> wow! <laughs> just imagine you hurt Dexter, and then it's like his dad's coming around. You're like, oh fucking oh, hell, no, no. Not. <laughs> like he hit you with a chicken wing. <laughs> give his, give Dexter's toys back. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we see William Regal's outside looking for Santos Escobar. He doesn't know uh, if he's sharp to not turn the cruiserweight title against Cameron Cross, but he will be stripped and suspended. And then Vic Joseph throws us a video package celebrating MSK winning the Dusty Cup. He shows a tattoo of uh, his late father, Legacy live, uh, Lives On. And in three minutes, MSK have been explained and what their goals are and that they are relatable in NXT. Why can't they do that with more tag teams? I just don't know. Um, we then get an NXT superstar profile, Shotzi Blackheart, for MSK did a backstage interview. They are jumped by only Lorcan and Danny Burch. Ref screamed at the medical attention for MSK and the camera cuts away. Uh, we finally have a challenge for the titles and a match. And a match. Only worry for MSK is that they got called up for NXT um, and they get fucked up uh, in the main roster. But let's hope not. <laughs> um, up next, we've got Aaron Paul with Malcolm Bivens versus Leon Ruff. Uh, before Leon Ruff can make his way to the ring, we get a cutaway with Bivens, Golden Ruff and accepting the match. Unless there's here, Swerve Scott beat you too bad. He also cuts a promo in the ring, bragging about his diamond or a wrestler. Entrance music hits. And um, believe it or not, as he makes entrance, Azar Swerve Scott attacks he drags a helpless rough over the competition table saying he deserves his time then hits a release german suplex sending rough back first into the apron and biven raises paul's hand as though he's just won something yeah <laughs> yeah well done great victory there um scott looked so comfortable as a heel um quick note do nxt do heels excellently but how many faces in recent times you know when you talk about that like you know like I've thought about Alistair Black, Keith Lee, Undisputed yeah. Era, but the hill line is just, it's ever growing, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Keith Lee was the first one that just came to my mind, but uh, uh, yeah, I agree. They are really good. And you know what? That's perfect because Triple H run this and I love him as a heel. And he never, I mean, he was cool. He, he made me laugh at times as a baby face, but he was, you know, we all know Triple H is much better right. as a heel. So it kind of, it's kind of funny that the show is kind of, you know, turned out that way. Yeah, but, gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah also, it, after he hit the pedigree, it pins you after 19 seconds or something. <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started. Oh, my goodness, don't get me started. Oh, my, oh my God. Poor Booker. Uh, anyway, Booker, yeah, poor Booker. We come back to that anniversary every, you know, every WrestleMania time, you think, fuck, I remember that time. <laughs> uh, anyway, in a segment tapes of the performance center yesterday, winning Regal off his own Stark, an opportunity gets the Oshai. Uh, Stark tries to get an interview. Difficult, she's cut off. 
Were they actually technical difficulties or I don't know? Start <laughs> makes her ring entrance. Shy Shane walking backstage. We go to commercial. Uh, Cameron Grimes started reenact the segment with Ted DiBiase offering a kid money to dribble a basketball. But Grimes didn't watch the segment closely enough because he fails to realise DiBiase kicks away to avoid paying. <laughs> so, so he's a thousand bucks. Grimes is beside himself with frustration and anger. If he's so rich, like, why would he even care? What a lovable idiot. Yes. And then it's uh, EO Shy versus Zoe Stark on title match. Uh, Shy climbs up to brawl with a hurricane off the top backbreaker. Shy gets a 2.9. Start with a near four for German. Shy counts another German into the bottom turnbuckle. Gets up across the ring for a double running knees. And then hits over the moonsault and gets the pin. Uh, win of the contest here, Shy. She is so cool. You know, Man. she really is. Um, we get a couple <laughs> of missteps to begin. A nice uh, 450 roll and crossbody collision. Stark has got enough. Hard work will get you there. And now goes how good she is making Starks look like a legitimate threat. You know, I always remember Triple H versus Taka uh, on Heat. I think it was back in the day. And at one yeah. point, I thought Taka Michinoku was going to beat him. And at that point after the match, I thought that is what wrestling should be. You know, it's not going to happen, but you get carried away. And you go, Taka Michinoku is going to beat him. <laughs> uh, exactly. Right. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of a lot of times. You know, I thought this was a great you know, point, a great scenario of this point with this match. And by the way, everything Zoe Stark has done so far, uh, you know, she's she's definitely deserved the praise I've been seeing that she's been getting. Like for someone who's new in NXT, she fits right in. And uh, but I, I that's missing in a lot of things, like not only on the main roster, but in a lot of wrestling. You know, you know, sometimes you just get to a match, you see it, and like. Okay, I know who's gonna win this match, and but like that's that's what makes being you know being in wrestling fake. Those moments when they choose to, oh my goodness, are you is he real? Like you said, is Taka Mishinoku about to beat Triple H? Like, are you kidding me? On heat. <laughs> And then, you know, think about the scenario. The more you, I ain't gonna lie. To, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Exactly, yeah. Say, the more you think about it, there's no way he's with it, right? But that just shows <laughs> that you how point. good. Like, yeah, that's a really good match if you really think that was going to happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah those are the best matches, man. Especially, uh, especially when it's the underdog, and it works really well when it's someone you you don't you're unfamiliar with. That that can make you a lifelong fan of someone, you know. So without doubt. Without a doubt. Well, we get Tony Storm come out to mock the winner. Last week, I kicked your head off and didn't do a damn thing about it. There's a reason you pin Mercedes at TakeOver and not me. Because you can't be- beat me. Eo Shire said, I will fight you. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Storm's like, will you, though? And Eo's like, yeah, I just said that. And then Regal <laughs> says, you want to make the match? You're on. Uh, good shit. Backstage, Johnny Gagano lambastos in theory for not hitting Dexter with a chair. Fury says he's a misunderstood guy. Gagano <laughs> says he's kidnapped you. He's not misunderstood. He's a psychopath. Yeah, he should be in jail. <laughs> and then Indy Hartwell says, actually, I think he's kind of hot. And Gagano's like, look, I'm not going to let you get weird. Whatever that was. And you're stopping getting away. <laughs> exactly. You're going to therapy. It's happening. I don't want to hear another word. We're out of here. Um, again, this is quite funny. And then, and then to carry on with the last, Cameron Grimes says he's got it figured out now because he saw the whole Dead WRC segment. He offers a pretty lady $1,000 to dribble a basketball, but it's former WNBA star, Azrael Howard, a recent W signee, 
like the Ed Biossi thing back in the day. She's sitting on the curb, and when she stands up, she's taller than Grimes. He tries <laughs> to keep the ball away, but she does a crossover dribble, and he fouls again. <laughs> Tim Tim Biossi, this ain't over. Again, <laughs> kick, give and hit is all. Um, up next, Enter the Dragon. Zia Lee <laughs> versus Katie Cantazaro. Casey Comfley enter first before an angry Zia Lee shows off her martial arts moves and then enters the ring to try and cat, uh, attack Cantazaro before the opening bell. Mi Ying looks on for mentions front with Burrow outside. And to be fair, she's not bad for her age, but is the 2,000-year age gap just too much to come over? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my fault. I, I don't know. How old is she? Well, she is 2,000 years older, but <laughs> she, she looks nice <laughs> when she tries. I think that could be the problem. 2,000. Um, <laughs> no, We're in the year 2021, right? <laughs> she was born in the year 21? <laughs> I'm guessing she might be older, she might be younger. But she looks good on it. <laughs> she looks good on it. Looks really good for 2000, yeah. bro. She, really? I mean, she might have had some work. Might have had some work. <laughs> but not a lot, you know. Like. Yes. I don't. Yeah, she's aging really well. <laughs> <laughs> she, whatever cream just, she's using, it's like, you know. I don't know. Skincare? Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah whatever. She's, she's on, top right. on top of it. On top of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lee destroys her right knee and the ref comes out to check on Cantazaro. Lee grabs her and drags her back in the ring apron like a cavewoman. The ref calls the match <laughs> off because Cantazaro is too injured. He continues, uh, Lee, she's squashing them all. But Kayden Carter's had enough and tries to confront Mi Ying. Yi signals to Zia Lee and Lee hits a spin kick to Cantazaro. who's head to drop her. Lee gets out of the ring and yells at Carter, you're next. And she and Bo stand at Ying's side as she sits on her phone. So it will, these types of reasons why the women's division is top-notch. Because even this in the kind of segment that it is, it's got yes. the women involved. Uh, and even if it is fucking mental, yes, it's, insane. It's still, you know, it's still taking up time in segments, which is still good, you know. Right, and it's a story, you know, uh, you know, like, like someone who was someone like Zia Lee who needed something to her character. I don't know if she needed all of the lore, but she needed something to her character. And uh, I, I must say, by the way, I, I got to point out, it's hilarious to me. How do they expect me to believe this is some mythical creature when Casey don't even, I mean, not Kate, Kaden don't even believe it. Because instead of attacking Zia Lee, you walk up to her. <laughs> like, that would help. Like, like, really? She must not believe the story either for that matter. But anyway, Besides the fact, uh, yes, I agree 100% because, you know, uh, a lot of times uh, I know AEW's uh, women's division uh, gets a lot of, uh, not, not their division, but their booking of that division gets a lot of flack for the how, for how they do it. And this is uh, one of those elements that I think, like you said, make NXT's women's division one of the best. They have little, the fact that we have a lower card slash mid card like feud like this, that's not really over anything other than establishing Zia Lee as this, you know, brutal force or T.N. Shaw, I guess, is the entire group uh, name and, and, you know, showing that they are a force to be reckoned with. So the fact that you have a, a, a match that, like you said, a lower card, really not really about anything, but it's involving the ladies in this uh, aspect is really great. And this segment worked for what it was trying to for what it was trying to accomplish. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, meanwhile, Regal's still outside looking for Santos Escobar. No sign of him thus far. We get hyper women's tag team match. Kai needs to get the pin. 
Cameron Grimes has finally figured out a way to win the basketball challenge. Punch someone in the face on the first dribble. He's so excited, though, that he throws his money everywhere, yelling, Tim DiBiase, kiss my grits, and it leaves with all his money on the concrete <laughs> next to the man he knocked out. Um, I do want him to find Ted DiBiase and buy the million-dollar belt off him or, or some sort of interaction between the two. I think it needs to be done. Uh, and then it's Killian Drake versus, uh, and Drake Maverick versus Grizzled Young Vet. Has announced that Wesley's broken hand will be out of action for the next several weeks. They say the Dusty Cup, the better team lost, and only one team deserves a salt shot, and it's not Shrek and Donkey. Naturally, it's Jack <laughs> Gibson and James Drake. Again, great, great promo there. Yes. We see Dane tagging after the break to run over Gibson and Drake. He picks up both men, throws them out with ease. But a match is interrupted by breaking news that William Regal's made the OCI defender title against Tony Shaw, Storm official for two weeks. And then Drake Maverick is firing up. Gibson tags in, gets the near fall. Drake does a suicide dive to wait. Dane out. Maverick hits a bulldog and Gibson goes to the top rope. James Drake grabs his leg. Gibson throws him off. Drake tags in. The veterans hit tickets to Mayhem for the win. And Killing Dane K uh, carries Drake Maverick to the back. I love both teams. Drake shines in any role. And all British yeah. in, in the ring here as well. Not many people might recognise hey. that. Nice um, too. I think... The thing with NXT, and one thing it doesn't get credit for, is the kind of multinational. You know, you talk yes. about the English experience, and of course, you know, Japanese wrestlers and, and everything. Like, I mean, back in the day, it was just so American and Canadian. And right, now it's right. kind of night and day for it, you know. And it's not a character doesn't have to be a kind of representation of, you know, not really in Weagle with like a cup of tea or, you know, like. Exactly. I, know, I like it. <laughs> I, I, I agree though i agree 100 percent. like it's a, a complete representation of of a lot of different cultures and different people uh, really what wrestling it really example wrestling today really exemplifies what wrestling has always been around the world it's always been you know different forms of wrestling different talent working uh you know and professionally so uh i agree 100 percent uh that that's always been a nice that's that has become a very nice touch because like you said for a while if anybody who was foreign, they had some stereotype attached to it. It's like you said, if they weren't American or Canadian. And uh, I mean, they even made Americans act like foreign. Now, don't get me started on Kofi Kingston, who was from, who was from like Massachusetts. And they, <laughs> oh, you're Jamaican now. What? <laughs> just because he have a good, just because he practiced his Jamaican accent. You know, I know it was his gimmick before he got there, but like continuing to parade him around. Finally figured it out that all right, you know, we know he's not. So yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's glad yeah. that stuff. I'm glad that stuff like that is done. But uh, as far as this segment in itself, uh, I really liked, uh, like you said, not only the element that Drake Ma- Drake Maverick is one of the best. He's always going to be really good at not only at anything he does. I think he can get over his heel and his baby face, but he's so good at these roles because. Nobody can get sympathy like Drake to me, like almost sometimes. Like he is so good at just making me want him to, to you know, like his hot tag, the way he come in. Like I'm excited because like I want to see what Drake does next. So I really love, like you said, both of these teams, even though I do think the uh, the the ending was pretty predictable. And that's probably one thing that Killian Dane and Maverick so far, their matches have fallen into. We all know what the strategy is to beat them. And that's that may not be good for them long term. Yeah, and that's why they were my picks for the Dusty Classics. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, we see an SUV pull up outside. Legale step out of stand guard. 
Is it time for Santos Escobar at last? We'll find out after the break, and we're still waiting for that explanation from Adam Cole. Nice, I don't know him either. But it is a no disqualification match. Santos Escobar versus Karrion Cross. The match starts in a parking lot as Cross runs outside to beat up Escobar's flunkies from El Legado. They've now Fantasma. Cross throws Escobar face first. The production truck but misses a right hand and slams his arm into it. Escobar climbs into a passenger door of the truck, so Cross just rips the view view mirror off and pierces the door of the truck with a handy pickaxe. Uh, the flunkies attack Cross again, and one gets tossed onto the hood of the truck. Escobar picks up a trash can and slams it into his shoulder. It's now a three on one assault on Cross. The guy to drag Cross into the CWC, but he starts firing up and throws Wilder Mendoza through the fence <laughs> to the ringside area. <laughs> what a visual! That was fucking brilliant. Man. Yes. So nice. Oh, my goodness. I was screaming. Um, I was screaming, actually. It was just like, like whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Holy, you know what. <laughs> uh, Escobar continued the attack the left arm and shoulder. He went uh, after with a trash can outside, throwing cross into the steel ring steps uh, to hurt even more. We get commercial. Escobar hits a suicide dive just when Cross seemed to have the upper hand to knock him back down. We've got some classic babyface booking here as Cross is having to overcome overwhelming odds. Um, Esquire shoves him into the steps and tries to wrench the left arm ring post. Cross yanks Esquire forward and head bounces him off the post. Uh, Cross almost destroys him with a chair, but Legado makes the save. Cross throws Mendoza and tries to throw Mendoza through the barricade. He gets back in the ring to attack and Esquire rolls out some still steps by the announce table. Cross climbs up the steps for Isaito suplex through said table. He throws Escobar back in the ring and singles for the finish. He hits an arm to the back of the head of Escobar and gets the pin. Uh, what a match. I know Santos stepped up, but I mean, Legado was a serious threat. I don't know, but that was a hell of a match, you know? It was a really great match. I, it was so entertaining. Like, from the beginning, you know, with the brawl outside, even though I think by by the time the end of the match happened, the brawl outside, and, and it's funny, usually they don't happen, but when you start fighting in the parking lot, usually it's one of the most memorable moments in a match. But, it, you know, it was memorable, but it didn't really matter because, like you said, once they got in and around the ring, the spots were just insane. And this match itself was just so good. And I, I honestly, I, I got a question for you when it comes to this, though. Do you, did you, uh, did it, does it take anything away from you that it's like three guys on one? You know, it didn't take much away from me, but, like, does this make, I actually came away thinking Legato, like you said, looked better even though it was they were the ones they it was three guys against one and they and, you know and Escobar ended up losing I, I think they looked better in the end what, what did you think it's the position of cross you know it's the right. fact is if this was against Tyler Breeze then you might <laughs> have gone three and yeah. one here with you know to not get the job I think if we look at the guards, no offense to uh, Wild and, uh, and Mendoza but they're probably not legitimate threats for the titles right, uh, right. but as they can build the heat back up, and I don't think it's a position. But for Cross to dispose of these three guys, and then it's not just a kind of he beat Santos easily, and Santos could even say, like, you know, well, with this all going on, it wasn't a straight up wrestling match. Exactly. Uh, I, like I said, I really, really enjoyed it. I know, like, oh, they're shitting over Legado, but Santos needed something to do. Exactly. And this is, this is a big match on NXT, you know? I agree. It was the main event. It was a big spot. And especially for, like you said, Cruz, I saw a lot of people didn't understand this. And I think for a lot for, for when, they, when they when when they saw that this was the direction that they were going in, people were like, why is Cross doing this? And it ended up being like this match was way more entertaining than it had any business having to be, is my point. When it, when you think about the placement of the, the story, because, you know, we know Santa, we know uh, Cross is not doing this for the belt. 
you know, but we also know Santos really should have kept his mouth shut, <laughs> you know, to yeah. be fair, too. So I saw this coming, and I and I just have to give both guys credit. They knocked it out of the park because I was not expecting this. Well, all the guys in credit because they knocked it out the park. Uh, and, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. No, without a doubt, really, really good stuff. We get an earlier today video package from L.A. Night saying he'll debut on my time and my terms, even if he debuts three months from now, doesn't make a damn bit of difference because he'll stomp down every single person on the NXT roster. Next, Adam Cole answers the questions. Now, we're going to do hopefully a bit of role playing here. So, I'm going to be Adam Cole, and you could be, uh, of course, Roger Strong. If it doesn't work, then at least we've tried it, you know. But anyway, we get Hill reaction, we get caught up with everything. Cole has the mic, and he says, I am. Um, I had every attention of coming out here tonight and explaining why I did what I did to Kyle. But God, man, after watching that footage, I feel sick to my stomach. Everyone knows that the NXT title is important to me, especially guys in the Undisputed Era. But I don't like who I've become in the last few weeks. I was pissed that Kyle got opportunity after opportunity and continued to fail. But that does not excuse my actions. After watching that footage, I'm ashamed of myself, Kyle. Kyle, no, you're sitting at home right now and you're watching this. I wish so badly we could be saying this conversation face-to-face, man-to-man, but we can't. We can't because of me, Carl. You know me better than anybody, anybody in the world. I hate to admit when I'm wrong. And I'm telling you right now, I was dead wrong. Right here, right now, you should be in this ring. But I made a stupid, stupid mistake. I hate myself for it, Carl. Carl, I'm so sorry. So And I'm going to do everything in my power to fix this. Damn it, I'm going to try. And now Monty as Strong. Strong comes out. Now, now you feel bad? For the past 10 days, you didn't let me know what was going on. Why? What you did to us. This whole thing was built on brotherhood. We had each other's back. No matter what it was, and just like that, you shattered that trust. I need you to look at me. I need you to understand this, Kyle. Kyle is going to heal. When he does heal, I don't know if I can save you from what he is going to do with you. Finn Bella has something to say too. Well, actually, he's not saying it with a mic. He shoves Roderick Strong out of the way and takes Adam Cole down. Strong comes in to make the save. Cole lays out Bella with super kick. Strong gets back in the ring. Cole says, you got to listen to me. And Strong lays him out with a clothesline. Cole says, I'm sorry, Roddy. I don't want this anymore. I want this to go back to normal. I screwed everything up. What is happening? Strong gets up down on one knee and says, you're my brother. And I love you. Well, they have a big bro hug in the middle of the ring. Strong goes to clasp hands with Cole and pulls him to feet. But Cole uppercuts him in the balls. Cole then says, you are stupid. <laughs> he rips off the chain of Strong's neck and kicks his head off. Another loud call to booze as NXT goes off the air. What a great segment for me and you there. Well done. That was brilliant. <laughs> I feel like a voice actor. <laughs> I was looking at the script. I was like, okay, what's next? What's next? <laughs> Uh, uh, what a what a segment! Cole is just a great hill, isn't he? You know. Oh, he's so good. Those crocodile tears, man, just coming out like, ah, I'm gonna make it right. I knew it from the jump, and it made it. Uh, usually, that can kind of ruin you, ruin it that you know that the turn is coming, but not when he did it because he he laid it all out there. He seemed very very genuine. They even, like you said, had a, a you know the, the thing with Finn included, and I just knew the true colors were coming. And I, and you know what? That was one of the times that, you know, I'm not necessarily – maybe I am always on the heel side. But even if even if not, I was definitely on Adam's side when he called Roger Strong pretty stupid because he looked like a stupid <laughs> baby face in that scenario. But I understand they were brothers, so, you know, I get it. Well, but my, it was my great pro- segment. My, great segment. My problem with this is, like I said, yeah, it was a great segment. But I think Bobby Fish, he's gone into his kitchen, got <laughs> some ice cream, 
sat down, you know, at home chilling, you know, like some boxers, puts on the TV and goes, what the fuck? They didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Goes goes to the WhatsApp group. Goes to the WhatsApp group and it's like being everybody's left the group. And he's going, well, what's happened here? Like, <laughs> poor Bobby Fish. <laughs> Bro, uh, I, I know he is just so confused. Like, oh, my God, what is going on? <laughs> he's just like this. He's messaging Adam McCullough. Adam McCullough's like, new phone, who this? You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Uh, but like I said, great episode of NXT. It did lose the ratings, but hey, third uh, of March now we continue NXT. We're back in the Capital Wrestling Center. Show up is with a video package showing what happened at the end of last week's show between Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and minds us that the women's tag team titles will be on the line tonight. That's not the only tag team match on tap. Only Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Timmy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa in a non-title. Um, so then we see Imperium have made a standing there watching the action to start us off and of course it's a tag team type match we've just talked about um, the distraction of their rival Prince Thatcher for making a hot tag to Champa, and Champa himself gets knocked off the apron but Lorcan tags in Lorcan and Birch hit their assisted spike DDT and get the free count as the NXT wrestlers watching Boo winners of the contest only Lorcan and Danny Birch uh, Wesley uh, was talking about injury saves the match for takeover I'm still not used to Champa with hair um and is there a harder style to NXT now? I mean, we mentioned the kind of evolve NXT show at the start. But have you noticed the more kind of uh, laying it in a little bit more? Or has that just been the what the evolving style of the past couple of years or so? I think it's a little bit of both. It's definitely uh, starting to be more so just like the way wrestling is now. I've seen a lot of, you know, like you said, strong style, the British uh, style wrestling elements uh, in in um, not only in WWE, but like you said, in wrestling in general uh, right now. But I do agree, NXT has definitely leaned more towards that. I don't know if it was those fight pit matches, like you said, it was these great matches. Thatcher, I think Timothy Thatcher is a great example of not only um, laying it in, uh, you know, laying it on, like you know, being a great striker or striking really, really, you know, you know, uh, effectively, but also with the submissions and you know, with the chain wrestling. So. You know, but like you said, you know, you got Birch and Lorcan, you got guys like Dunn. You know, Finn Balor's been wrestling a way more physical style, even though we know he comes from Japan with, you know, uh, with like a strong style. You know, he he he's, he has experience with that. You know what I mean? They have the they have the talent for. You know, Adam Cole has experience with that. So you, when you look at the makeup of, the, of their roster in NXT, they have a lot of guys who really just fight who wrestles like that in anyway. If you know what I mean, kind of. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of just turned up to another level, in my opinion. Uh, as of late, and uh, I, I love it. You know, I think that's the way uh, pro wrestling should be. You know, I, I, I want everyone to be safe, but at the same time, it's nothing like, you know, fit. Like for example, when Walter chops someone, you cannot yep. tell me that you look at pro wrestling and just be like, ah, oh, this, you know, this crap, this is nothing. No, you listen to those chops. I don't care who you are. That feel like your chest is that look like your chest, and every time someone takes it, I think they're in, in danger. <laughs> yeah, I've been so, like I said, and, you, and I love it. <laughs> Jack Stars has still got a red mark on his chest from the very first shot <laughs> Walter delivered in NXT UK about yes. three and a half years later. So um, <laughs> it's true. The strikes of brutal was a really good match, and then Roger Strong is making his way to the ring. Uh, we get some commercials, and then Roger Strong is out. And this is where Monty does his best strong impression again. See, this is this is see there there I go. See, I'm a bad voice actor right now. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Adam Adam Cole, get your ass out here right now. 
He doesn't. No surprise, Adam. If any single one of us meant a thing to you, just a little bit, please get out here right now. But that's not Adam Cole's music, though. It's Finn Balor. And Balor says, Roddy, when are you going to learn that Adam Cole's not going to come out here for you? What do you think? Adam's going to come out of here and offer you some sort of explanation for what happened. <laughs> hey, Finn, you know what? I found this really funny. Really funny. Because the Undisputed Era was doing perfectly fine until you showed up. So in my mind, this whole thing is your fault. Well, Bella takes exception to that and gets to the ring. It's my fault. Let me tell you something. It ain't my fault. The reason why you still got Bubba for the pipe is because it's Tyler. I know how to get on the card here. Next week, I'm going versus Finn Bauer for the NXT title. I'll see you, nothing. You'll never be a leader. You're always a follower. You're a little greedy or selfish. Do you get to the kill instinct, like Prince? You're never... Roger Strong attacks. The two start bawling all over the ring as a series of footlock employees hit the ring to break it up. Let them fight. Let them fight. And then we see the way going to therapy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Finn. The Finn voice is hilarious because how on point it actually ended up being. Oh, my goodness. It's a, it's a good way to start. We see Roger Strong, of course, and Finn Balor say no. You'll give me Adam Cole. Uh, way in therapy we got Linda Nicoli MD so she's normally sees patients one on one but Johnny Garner says he needs his whole family here Garner says Dexter Loomis is a problem he kidnapped Theory but Garner acts like nothing happened Theory said I was on vacation man kind of very old sweetie <laughs> being locked for somewhere for three days that's not a vacation no. Indy Hartwell said well with the right guy it could be oh and Nicoli asked Theory if he's in and he says no Dexter Loomis is a good guy he just needed a friend Hartwell's been doodling on a pad and Gagano demands to see. He rips out of hands and it says Mrs. Indy Wrestling Loomis. He screams and gives her name uh, as a Christmas. She's ruined Christmas. Gagano screams as a doctor <laughs> that Loomis would be locked up. Miss Garnet seems like you have studied towards Mr. Loomis and exposed some deep-rooted issues of your own. Garnet says, oh, no, I see what you're doing. You're trying to make this about me. I'm not here to be therapied. You're the therapy <laughs> on him. You don't therapy on me. She tells him, slams the door shut behind him. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, what are you doodling? This is uh, fantastic <laughs> on all parts, really, wasn't it, you know? Oh, my goodness. Um, I was literally waiting for the next uh, therapy. Like, I, I was hoping it. like, once I found out it was going to be going on throughout, I was just so excited, just waiting for the next one to see what was next in, in, in this, like you said, the therapy sessions. I knew from the beginning, first of all, WWE, the last few times I've seen them do therapy uh, have usually have a pretty, have a pretty decent track, track record with it for the most part. Off the top of my head. And so I knew Gargano and, and the way in his current character, I knew he would knock it out of the park. And he did Austin theories being dumb, you know, playing the dumb guys. It works well. Indy Hartwell. I, I don't even, I can't even fathom the attraction, but it's still hilarious to uh no one it's great that no one else can fathom it either so <laughs> it's cool I so. Just, it's, it was like i said you were just waiting for the next part but we see cameron grimes said he wants to change the cwc to the cga the cameron grimes auditorium the producer wearing a headset asked if you get that proved i've got enough money man i can prove anything around here let me tell you how's it going mr regal uh, regal says he's a little busy right now 
Um, and Cameron, stand up, please. Uh, Grimes tries to ignore him, so he says it with more forceful grab. He says, last week, you hit a crew member and I've got a potential lawsuit in my hands. Grimes tries to offer some money and starts counting out dollars. Regal says, don't worry about money. I'll take care of that. It's you lot I'm not happy with. Grimes says, oh, I understand. I want some more money. All right, no problem. I've got enough money. I've got Kiss My Grits money, you know. Everybody has a price. Regal says, I have no idea what that means. I know I have a contract for you tonight <laughs> with your name on it. And you'll be facing the colossal Bronson Reed. And then Grimes screams, that damn Ted DiBiase and leaves. <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't know. And I don't know how much comedy was actually in NXT. You know, it like, it, it it's like a sitcom. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. It is hilarious. And sometimes intentional and sometimes it's unintentionally hilarious. Like, it, it gives you a great balance of, like you said, some, you know, great wrestling, great action in the ring for the most part. And like you said, just some hilarious moments. And, uh, you know, I think I commend them for doing that because I a lot of this stuff, like the like you said, the therapy and then and the, the segment. Right. It's just it's just great. I, I like you said, you just find yourself constantly laughing, you know, yeah, honestly, you know you're, you're either wincing because you saw a spot that was insane or you're just laughing your butt off like it's a great. Great time. NXT is a great time. <laughs> I was say, when, you, when you're doing notes, you think, oh, this is brilliant because you don't have to do a lot of work to it. But uh, up next, Ember Moon versus Elia or Numph. Uh, Kamara <laughs> and Stone tried to interfere and Blackheart hits a dive to take them both out. Ember Moon hits the Eclipse for the win. Thoughts on this? Ah, the Eclipse. I do love seeing it. Numph yes. has been in developmental for six years and still Oof. looks green. We mentioned it earlier. How can yes. you be in developmental for six years and not have anything you know yeah like, i don't i don't understand it and i i actually like i said i think she has a unique look and maybe uh, as a matter of fact even her relationship with robert stone could actually be used i think much better to to at least you know hide some of her deficiencies but you know that's the thing it makes you wonder you know they've avoided putting her in the spotlight you know or in the ring for a lengthy amount of time for a reason and you know, like you said, sometimes she still, you know, looks green or looks slow at moments and all that. And, I, and I'm rooting for her, but it's like you said, it's been a long time. She's seen a lot of women's classes, a lot of people come and go. She's watched Ember come in, <laughs> leave, and come back. Same thing with Finn, you know what I mean? I think so. It, it, it's crazy when you think about that. But uh, I, by the way, another thing, Robert Stone, uh, when he had, I think, Chelsea, when he had Chelsea, he talked all the time. Now he rarely gets from, since Shotzi, you know, since Shotzi Blackheart got rid of him, he rarely talks. And I was just, you know, noticing that. I wondered that. I don't know what their plans are for Robert Stone, but that was interesting to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's an excellent point. Let me see Thatcher and Chumper being interviewed backstage by Mackenzie Mitchell. Thatcher says, we come from somewhere, Miss Mackenzie. We all have a past. These guys keep throwing mine in my face. Chumper interrupts. His past with Imperium is just that. It's a past. Are we done here? They close the locker room. Mackenzie shakes her head. We then get video package from Mike Shy defending the NXT Women's Talk against Tiny Storm on next week's episode of NXT. Shy says Storm is standing in the way of being recognised as one of the greatest champions in the belt's history. And even though Storm is a huge champion, we're hurling out to say the words and still in seven days. And then it's Shania Basil and Nia Jax for the W Women's Tag Team Champions versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. We get a full package here. Lights down. Full introductions of the champions and the challenges. I love the fact that Jack's first NXT opponent was Kai. There's also a callback, of course, to the bent arm uh, from yeah. Kai with the slap as well. Uh, Kai tries to pick Basil up, but her knees gives out. She tries again, but Basil puts the on. Kai is fading fast, trying to fight away, but Gonzalez for the tag. Jack sizes, trapped the ref, but Gonzalez hit the big boot. 
We get a ref bump in the process. Jack and Gonzalez crash for the announce tables. Baz Lakai and the ref roll down back into the NXT ring. Beth Phoenix says a total physical carnage for these four women. They carry through the clutches applied again. New referee runs down. The announcer screaming that Kyle was not the legal woman. That doesn't matter because the referee called for the bell. The submission anyway. The winners and still WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Shania Baz and Nia Jax. Faults. Well, damn it. But this was a really good match. <laughs> I was really into this one. I agree 100%. I, I really, at, at moments, thought, you know, uh, that this was, I thought this was going to be, I thought they may have a chance to win it. I actually I remember, I think, predicting that they that they had a really good shot, you know, of, of doing it. But uh, I I really enjoyed the match all the way until I saw Adam Pearce. And I was just so confused by that. That whole, his whole involvement in it really confused me. And, of course, I understood it after the, uh, this, but still. Uh, at the moment, I just remember that, you know, making me like, what? What is he doing here? You know, I just like, like I'm used to seeing him on the main roster, so it kind of threw me off. But, you know, it all made sense in time. But the match itself was really good. Uh, and, you know, un- poor Dakota Kai. You know, I feel like she had, I've probably seen her get <laughs> choked out more times than anyone almost uh, by Shayna Baszler probably I don't know I'm trying, I gotta think of this it. is a thing but yeah it's a long history of it though at this point <laughs> we, we just wait for that moment for Kai to get one up on Baszler and I think as long as they do that at some point with the NXT stuff referenced I think it could be a huge moment but yes. like I said it's a bit of a shame it didn't happen but we get therapy continue for the way and Dr. Nicole wants to know why Dexter Loomis has had his I on Austin Theory. Theory says, I think he just gets lonely sometimes. He could really use a friend, you know. And the old said, I'll be his friend with benefits. Uh, Candice Frey said he doesn't want friends. He wants victims. Theory said he can be a little weird sometimes. And Hartwell says, I like it when he gets weird. Johnny Garner uh, keeps texting Candice and Nicole gets pissed. She opens the office door and he falls in. I ordered Uber Eats. You guys want some? Nicole looks at Candice and says, you out. He tells Theory <laughs> that this is a safe place and asks him to say what really happened. Before we can find that out, L.A. Knight is on his way to the ring to make us, uh, you guessed it, more commercials. We don't get L.A. Knight after the break. We get Isaiah Swerve Scott in the recording studio saying this is Swerve's house. Informs the interrupt that he's dangerous, savage individual who's just different and uh, he just doesn't care anymore. And then we see L.A. Knight speaking his piece. He's in the ring and he signals to cut the music because he's got a mic and he's got the floor. I've waited entirely too long to step into this very ring straight down the barrel and say let me talk to you but you don't understand don't you think i'm about to come in and talk about childhood dreams this isn't a dream this is a business my business my business involves whipping another man's ass when he stepped through those ropes you might say hey man that guy's a tom brady wrestling tom brady wishes half the man of l a night but just like old tommy boy didn't come for the first round draft pick but when you said and done i'll be the guy setting records you've got your jolly garlos your kyle o'reilly's your adam coles hell you got your finn ballers you got your flips their kicks their dives Bring that to my front door and I will beat the absolute hell out of you. I didn't come in to do anything fancy. Not one thing fancy. You might not like how I do it, but I get the job done. Why? Because I last week, when the time comes to the coronation, don't call me the goat. That's overplayed, so overused. Call me the one thing that sets me apart. It's L.A. Knight. Whose game is it? It's my game. That's not an insult. That's a fact of life. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, I thought it did good, again, to establish what type of character he was. Uh, he was going to be. I do think his his promo style, like you said, is so old school. Like to me, like the catchphrases and the way he the way he does it. Uh, like I said, like I, again, I always hark back to the Rock. But uh, besides that, I must say, 
you know, I'm, I'm trying my best, but I did not care for Eli Drake. And L.A. Knight is almost in the same vein, and I'm, I'm, I was just trying my best at this point. It was it was decent enough, but, you know, I, like again, I, I have to admit, maybe I'm a little biased against him. Did not enjoy Eli Drake. But I, I can't wait to see what happens next with the character. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty much the point of the little introductory promo. Uh, he sounds kind of like the revival, too, at times to me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bashing the, the not really bashing, but saying, you know, you can flip all you want, basically, and all that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, where else the character goes, though, because right now I think I have a pretty good understanding of who he is, and I would like to see how this evolves. Yeah, I think we're at uh, Well, next match is Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes, and Reed makes his way to the ring at night, somewhat reluctantly takes his lead. After Sparcher, Grimes dances his way to the ring, flashing all his money, making it rain on the apron. He goes for close on, but it's turned inside out by Reed. Grimes suddenly decides to take the powder, so Reed does a suicide dive to wipe Grimes out. Pretty impressive to see this guy, uh, see this guy his size fly. L.A. Knight knocks Reed off the top, and Grimes hits a caveman for the pin. Um, I don't know if this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, but definitely Grimes' time tonight in NXT, thanks to Mr. Knight. Um, NXT has some great talent. This was another really good matchup. Uh, and then meanwhile, William Regal and Anna Pierce are having a discussion about the wrong woman being pinned in a tag match. And Kayla Cart says she's no idea when Casey Cutzo will be back from injury, but she doesn't give a damn about Leah Zia Lee. She's going to take her out. Now I see red, no fear, no hesitation. Next week she can come get it. And then we get more therapy with the way. Dr. Nicole is now alone with Austin Fury. He says he was in a room with boards like windows, but he ate cereal and watched cartoons all day long, and it was great. Austin, the truth is, he couldn't wait to get rid of you. He said, your eating habits are unsightly, your fashion is and he's extremely disgusted with your fascination with cutting off all your shirts, show your <laughs> medi- mediocre abdominal section. Fury runs out of the room screaming and crying to get a hug from Gagano. He said he'll tell this lady a thing or two. The way he takes a distraught Fury outside, and Gagano pays the doctor off for her help, then takes one bill back for arcade money. He yells out, they're going to Chuck E. Cheese. He leaves and Nicole says, what a bunch of idiots. Um, was the punchline worth it on this? I mean, personally, I would have preferred the old lady either ask revealing Dexter or yes. it being his his grandma. But right. I don't know what you Oh, my goodness. You, I, mean, you, I agree 100%. I really wanted Dexter to have some direct involvement in this in the end. That's what I was hoping for. Like you said, I, I immediately thought, what if like, Dexter is actually one of her regular clients? And he's like this... He talks all the time to her, and he's a beautiful human being, and all this yeah. type of stuff. Like I, that's what I was thinking. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, I was hoping that. So the punchline, like the ending, didn't really hit the way it could have, or it had the potential to. But uh, again, very entertaining stuff. And you know, the way it continues every week. I, no matter what's going on, you know, it's certain guys that you watch, and um, you just like ah, you know, he he uh, he goes this guy, you know, he's here. And it's cool, but every time the way is on my screen, I am. It doesn't matter if it's just a match or promo segment. I'm trying to see what's going on because they have done a really good job of just entertaining me weekly. You know, same thing with Cameron yeah. Grimes for that match. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Then it's over Rise versus Bree Zango, but before this match can even get started, the Garden of the Phantasma members, Raul Mendoza and Woken Wild, interrupt the moon landing entrance for Bizango. Everrise thanks them for the beat, but the Garden aren't happy and hit the ring. Everrise says they weren't born yesterday and take a powder, but Santos Espar runs out from the back to stomp them down, hits the ring to join his flunkies. They hand him a mic. Santos Espar says, do not make a mistake last week for weakness. If you do, this is what awaits you. Obviously trying to get some heat back. There's no contest, but I've not got a problem with this. 
and no, then also. you know, and then because William Regal said because of what happened in the women's tag team titles match tonight, I'm going to make an announcement next week. It's going to change the landscape of NXT, and that leads to the main event for the evening: Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong. We see Balor connected with a sling blade and charges, but Strong goes for a strong hold. Balor winces in pain, tries to crawl to the rope. Strong drabs in the middle of the ring, rolls him for a near fall. Strong tries to go for a lung blower, but Balor counters a double foot stomp. The match continues. Kicks and fists are thrown both ways. Balor takes Strong down, connects with a missile drop kick, goes to the top rope for the coup de grace. 1916, 1-2-3. The winner of the contest is Finn Balor. Uh, I know he's not Mr. Personality, but Strong is so underrated as a worker and what he's done in NXT. I mean, I love the running forearms on the ropes as well. I thought this was a really good match. Yes, I really, I agree 100%. Roger Strong, like you said, not, not necessarily the greatest when it comes to, you know, maybe like you said, character, but the backbreaker Messiah is his name for a reason. And ever since though, the Ring of Honor days, for me, I have been enjoying his work for so, like, he's just one of the best. I remember uh, pre-Undisputed Era days before, you know, he joined. And just, like, I was excited, just as excited, you know, for Roger Strong being there than when I found out that, you know, Red Dragon and Adam Cole was appearing. So, you know, uh, Roger Strong, you know, is just one of those guys that if you just let give him a time in the ring and you give him a chance, you know, I remember, I think, I think it was during, I think it was, like, right around the beginning of the pandemic, uh, shows or CWC shows or whatever, and I remember him and Gargano had a great match that I that I still remember. Uh, and it's just like it's just he he constantly reminds him when he's put in these situations just how good he is. And I'm excited, you know, um, you know. Not only am I excited for the great Colorado Adam Cole feud slash match we're gonna get from this breakup, but Roderick Strong in a singles capacity again is another thing to be excited. About. I mean, uh, doubt let me see Adam Cole coming out at the top of the stage to point. I didn't have a total match in seven days. That's how the show ends. Next week's show should be massive. Well, let's get to it. March 10th, then. And Willie Regal has two game-changing announcements. Immediately throws the video package of highlights from TakeOver. And now, for the first time ever, a TakeOver is so big, it has to be two nights. The first will be Wednesday, April 7th for the USA Network. The second night will be April 8th, exclusive on Peacock. The show will be called TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Well, that's the next show we're going to do, then. It's the first <laughs> night stand... And the second night delivered. It's delivered. Yes, that's what I believe. Yeah. I absolutely do not like this name, but I'll let it go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we can watch Stand or Deliver. You can watch Evil or But I mean, who is coming up with the worst takeover names recently? You know, yes. it's like Vengeance Day or the guy that didn't even try last year was like Takeover Thirty One. You know, just like why? Right, 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 right. Like. I almost rather for this scenario you go back to the numbers. <laughs> Just if you could come up with something better than stand and deliver. Like, all right, so first of all, can you explain to me the stand parts? Like what is delivering I guess I could get. I get it. But what what is what is the theme of standing? <laughs> I just, I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't understand exactly. I understand that you deliver me this. And they went, wait a minute, that is a great name. No, 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 wait. No, no, I don't. Well, anyway, Regal, the master ladies for the women's division to join us tonight. Each and every week, these ladies prove they're the greatest women in the wrestling business. To very competitive in NXT ladies division, you have to be very special. These women prove it week in, week out. The winners of the Dusty Road Classic. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kaiki, please join me in the ring. 
After the unfortunate happens to last week, the Injustice of WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, you had to go through. I'm sick and tired. That was another name we had for the takeover one, but it didn't work <laughs> out. Of the other people making decisions for me, the NXT team have decided to make decisions ourselves. Tonight, we're going forward. You are the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Regal lifts the curtain on the podium in the ring to reveal the new belts. Gold plates on white straps. And Dakota Kai says, oh, wow, this is insane. Mr. Regal, you're right. We're the most talented division in the world. We beat all of you. Don't shake your heads at me. We dominated them. They had to create these belts for us. And then Gazala said, Joel, better get used to this because we're going to be wearing those belts for a very long time. This brings out Ember and Shotzi Blackheart down to the ring. If you're going to be champions, you're going to need a challenger. Um, we beat everyone in the bracket. Why don't you defend those titles against us tonight? Winnie Regal books the match. It's official. Question for you is, we, we mentioned this, do we need another set of titles or should they have just used the tag team titles that the women have got at the moment uh, in a better way? I believe, I do think they could have, I think it was potentially just booking it in a better way, but I think in the direction that they're currently going in, it seems like they're going in the opposite direction of what fans have hoped for for a long time. You know, fans have always wanted NXT to be on equal billing. It seems like they're going to give NXT its own thing entirely now, if you see what I'm trying to say, its own type, you know, thing, you know, like NXT champions. Now, is it too many champions in, in general? Yes, it's just it's too many champions everywhere. Like, there's a lot of champions uh, and a lot of, you know, just in general as far as, like, WWE goes. Uh, but I think that in this case, it, it works out and it's, it, it, it is needed because, like I said, you, the main roster could not be counted on to not only book the tag team champions that they have, consistently on the main roster but to send them even to nxt at all like you can't you can count on it so at least now you can book your own stories and use a lot more of the able uh female talent that are you know not really doing much or not ready yet for the singles you know so i think it, it was necessary and I, I really like uh the the decision now uh as far as like how deep of the of division and how long it'll go because we talk about it, nxt regular tag team division for a while there. You know, now it's looking stronger, but for a while there, they were floating and not much to do, and they still don't necessarily have the best storytelling now. So it does make you wonder, uh, you know, it will the, you know, what, what will happen? Will, you know, the storytelling start to lack? But I thought it was a good move overall, though. And, but I do also have to say this. Why not? I, I You just, you could have just awarded them these belts. And, oh, that's another thing. How long has this been in the works? You <laughs> know, because you could have let them win the cup and then become the new NXT Women's yeah, but Tag Team Champions. That, and, you that know, makes and sense. <laughs> that yeah, makes just, sense. They're not going exactly. to do that. Like, this, this whole thing of what they did is like, you kind of go with WWE as well. Again, I love WWE, but you watch program and go, what the fuck? Why have I been watching this for like the last three or four weeks? Right. If you're going to change it, like what, what's the fucking, why have I watched this? Like, exactly. You know? Um, anyway, up next, NXT women's champion versus Tony Storm. Um, Shy puts Storm in a cross face, but Storm gets to the ropes to break the hold, running double knees by Shy. Shy to the top rope, but no one home in a moonsault. Storm zero, but um, Eo manages to get shoulder up. Not many people have kicked out of that. Now it's Storm going up the top ropes. She splashes down and almost home. Shy puts on the cross face again, and Storm taps out. Your winner and still NXT Women's Champion, Eo Shy. I mean, Eo is so cool. But what was your thoughts so on cool. that match? Man, it was a no- it was just really really great. I mean, it's a display of how these are two of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, men and women doesn't matter. Two of the best in the world. 
And it was just it it was it was on display in this match. I mean, I had no. Clue. I actually it was very it was many, especially that storms. There was moments in that match where I was just like, he also gonna lose this match, and I was so I was shocked. But again, you know, also Shirai finishing with a submission instead of you know the the usual uh, you know moonsault finish. You know, changing up the matches. Every match Shirai has been in, you know, has especially since she's become champion. Seemed like she's taking not only her, you know, l- taking herself to another level, but her opponent also. This time, she she ran into an opponent who, in my opinion, could either be on the exact same level or at least in that definitely in that stratosphere. And that's why I believe this match ended up being, you know, is really really good. Like I don't know, close to perfect almost. It was really good. You know, it was a little sh- probably could have went longer, but it was great. Well, like I said, excellent match from these two ladies. As this were a takeover, not a regular episode of NXT. I expect they might have gone even further and longer, but they did all they could yeah. with the time that they had. And after Finn Balor cuts the promo and Adam Cole, remember Adam, I beat you to win that and I'll beat you to keep it. And then we get L.A. Knight. I, when I first come up with this idea, I didn't think he'd have this much time on the show, to be fair. <laughs> um, let me tell you, let me talk to you. Last week, everybody was wrong, thinking it would be L.A. Considering debut, wrong. I think this time will be next week. Anybody who can find enough tingle in their loins to step in the ring with L.A. Knight, they're going to find out exactly how that ends up. That's not an insult. That's just a fact of life. And the mate Bronson Reed interrupts and begins manhandling him. Reed promises to make him pay for his actions last week. And Knight says, this, is your ti- this isn't your time. This is my time. Officials keep him separated, but back in the ring, hey, they come out to play. Up next, Jake Atlas versus Pete Dunne. Pete in complete control of joint manipulation and good shit like that. But Atlas goes <laughs> to the top looking for a cartwheel DDT, but Dunn knocks him off and starts stomping on his head. Atlas taps out to the snap arm bar applied afterwards. The winner of the contest, the bruiser weight. And then Pete Dunn says, um, hang on, let me get this. Um, Don't play. So this is my time of year when everybody wants to step up their game. Will you step up to me? That's exactly what happens. I made my name in the UK, but don't get it twisted. I'm the best technical world. I dare someone try to prove me wrong. Um, what he said, what he should have said is, I challenge Kushida. But what a match that would be anyway. Marcel Barthel is backstage with Imperium. A long, long time ago, we created something very special, so unique, that nobody want, uh, would be able to represent like it did. What I want you to do is for Timmy Thatcher is to step in and claim what's rightfully yours. And Fabian Ike says, Tim, we're here for you. We're doing all this for you, but you have to go back to your friend for permission. We'll still make it out uh, to respect for you. Um, I really do like what they're doing with Imperium because obviously with Ring Camp beforehand, Tim Thatcher was involved in that as well. And it's another thing NXT does that maybe doesn't get a lot of credit. And then before our next match, Leon Ruff informs us that Swerve Scott that he's scratching claws for everything he's got. And next week, Scott is going to be Leon Ruff holding you down again with another rough landing. And our next match is Dakota Kai Macau Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Uh, Blackheart tags back in. There's a double-team suplex before Gonzalez breaks up the pinfall. Gonzalez catches Ember Moon when she comes in and gets a two and uh, gets tied up in the ropes. And then Kai runs into both of them. They spill out the ring. Blackheart does a bridging back suplex to Kai for the pin. And new champions, the winner, and new NXT Women's <laughs> Ember Blackheart. I mean... Poor Dakota Kai, poor Raquel Gonzalez. Their title reign was even shorter than the Miz's run with the WWE Championship. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Like, I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked. Uh, by the way, the match itself, 
Probably was better than the, the Dusty Classic match. Like it was a great match. I I might add. Uh, I gotta add that because like I thought the story they told was really really good. But yes, I was so shocked. I could not believe it. You know, you do this, you make this big announcement. Dakota Kai gives this this promo talking about how they beat everyone, and, and it's just like, and that, like you like you said, not too long right after it, it's gone. It's that fast. It's, it's crazy. I don't. I have no clue. I have, I have no. I have no clue where the thought process uh, was. Uh, well, I found out what was going, but you know, still, uh, very very yeah, interesting at, at stuff. Least, here. Very yeah. very interesting stuff. At, yeah, least, yeah. at, at this, this time, time, I'm thinking so shocking, so shocking. I was thinking maybe can Kai and Gonzalez go to Mania and challenge uh, Baszler and Jackson have that moment? You know, we talked about right, with Kai right. there. Uh, but obviously, you know, we'll get into that. We go backstage to Adam Cole. You know, I minded both of those chumps who lead in the Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era is dead. When I say it's dead, because as far as I'm concerned, I got rid of the dead weight. Then you think you got me, but I really played you like a fiddle. A lot of people look at you as the greatest Tennessee champion of all time. And I showed up and had a 403-day reign as the greatest there has ever been. Tonight, i become a two-time NXT champion. And then if you thought my first one was something, trust me, you ain't seen nothing yet. And that was really, really good stuff. And the new champions get an elevation backstage, but Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell boo lad, uh, loudly. Austin Fury asks Johnny Gargano why he paid off the therapist. Gargano says, therapy ain't free. Fury's like, that is true. Gargano convinces Fury that everything the therapist told him with Dexter Lewis is true. He rips his shirt off and screams, I can't take it anymore, and stops <laughs> off. Gargano is giddy. We then get a promo for William History Month followed, and up next is Zali versus Caden Carter. And Caden Carter's already in the ring when we... It's not what I call a good sign for our chances in this matchup. But the lights go down for the ominous entrance of Lee and Boa with their mentor tormentor me Ying watching from the throne at the top of the stage. Lee try to get a hot start with a match with entrance, but Carter knocks it back with a drop kick as a bell rings. Casey Cantzari limps down her crutches to support a friend. She whacks Lee with a crutch and ref calls for the bell. The winner by disqualification is uh, Zia Lee. Kanzawa gets in the ring and picks Lee, beats Lee with a crutch, but Boa steps in to make a save and breaks the crutch in half. Mi-Ying gives a thumbs down for the round to finish her off, but Carter whacks Boa with the other crutch and the two flee for whatever Mi-Ying had in mind. Well, anyway, up next, Jordan Devlin is cutting a promo, saying, Lucky for me, and luckily for my NXT, my travel ban exemption got lifted today. And that's bad news for you playing make-believe like Santos Escobar, because next week, you got to see what the reason Cruiserweight champion is. The camera pans over, waiting airplane. We go to a commercial break. And Jordan Devlin, anybody that's seen NXT UK, um, knows he has been waiting for this moment. It's a bit of shame. He won the title, I think, Wells Collide um, in 2020. And, of course, since then, has not been able to come to America. Uh, we're finally going to get a bit of that story as well. We then see a video package promoting Zoe Stark, talking about growing up alongside the tracks. Uh, so the pressure lesson was always her escape from the age of 18. It's the same thing you see on the WB um, on the channel, except during a live NXT broadcast USA. Me and I write, Santos Sespa is getting winning Regal's face about what Devlin said. So me go show up for a tag team match and he sends him down to the ring. It's the Gala Del Fantasma versus Grizzled Young Vets. Next, Grizzled Young Vets run down the garden. It's Erin boys who give massages to their boss. <laughs> Round Mendoza <laughs> fights over a double team and tags in Woken Wild. James Drake kicks out of an earful for the match is interrupted by Z Frizango doing their Moon Man entrance again. Drake hits the Inzaguri to drop Wild, but it's not Frizango on the helmet, it's MSK. Wild throws up James Drake for the pin, and MSK erupt with joy. 
unbelievably, Garda Del Fantasma beat the grizzled young vets. And then Wesley slams his moonband helmet into the steel steps to break a handle, as Wade Barrett says on commentary, an eye for an eye. On top of that, Breezango actually do come out from the back and join in the action, giving a beat down to Nagardo. Both of these faces seem celebrating the ring with their helmets and their moon suits. It's fun stuff and a great callback from what we saw last week. Yes, I was surprised. I actually, like, I automatically assumed the way they wanted me to that that was, uh, you know, Brizongo and, you know, the nice bait and switch. I was just as shocked as, uh, you know, GYV. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's like you go, no, don't use them like this. But again, it, it was fun stuff. And then backstage, Raquel Dakota yelling at Mackenzie Mitchell before EOSHI comes out to confront them and to, uh, tells Raquel in English, I want you next. She retorts, be careful what you wish for, Chica. EO doesn't give a fuck. The, cu- the couple of things I liked about this <laughs> was Kai thought it was her she was going to confront first and then just kind of like dodged her and then went test would be with gonzalez and kind of then stared up and was like i want you and i'm going eo's just so fucking cool oh, you know, right. just, oh, oh my god, god. everything like, she do she can't do no wrong no wrong no wrong without a doubt uh, and then we see um Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Timothy Thatcher. Tomasa Chumper interrupts. I know my answer. I'm not interested. You know why I'm interested in the general. Is it safe to overseas while he sends his attendance to do dirty work? But us versus Imperium next week. That's one match that is booked for next week. Is Dexter Lumis versus Austin Theory. Another is Swerve Scott versus Liam Ruff. And the debut of L.A. Night. But it's our main event now. It's Finn Balor, the NXT champ versus Adam Cole. Adam Cole went his first baby, followed by Finn Balor for lights go down for yet another big match introduction. Two get no tools talking trash for the ref holds up the belt. Total card appears on the screen, the bells rings, and we underway. And getting towards the end of the action, Balor is holding his jaw as uh, the fans chart this is awesome. They're not wrong. Cole's goals for Panama Sunrise and Connects, but Balor managed to kick out. Balor said, if that didn't put him away, you're going to have to run him over with a Mack truck. Balor tosses up and come out of the ring. He looks up for the barricades and his eyes widen. At the sight of Kyle O'Reilly, Balor uses distractions to dive to the outside. 19-16 on the fourth from Balor. He throws Cole back in the ring, goes for the coup de grace, connects. One, two, three, the winner. And still NXT champion Finn Balor, baby. Um, Kyle O'Reilly then jumps over the barricade ropes to the ring he starts talking to adam cole cole goes for a low blow but riley is clearly wearing a steel cup because it doesn't work he rips off the armband and a wild brew ensures cole knocks him down and tries to escape but riley gets out of the ring and gives chase knocking down the ref trying to break up the process riley smashed him into barricades on both sides and gets bleeped out he tries to suplex cole into the steps but half a dozen referees make the save he breaks free and goes up to cole again cole stumbles away to the back Riley gets up and continues to chase Finn Balor, stands in the ring, watching it all unfold in front of him. And standing behind him, it's Killer Cross. And that's how NXT ends. Uh, Folks, we are on the way to TakeOver, but what a main event and what a couple of segments at the end. Oh, man, this this show was so such a it was such a very hype ending. Like I ended that show just like very, very excited for what was to come, you know, not only in the. in the Balor and Cross situation, and, you know, of course, another first of all, Finn Balor and Adam Cole, you put them together, it's gonna always be uh, entertaining like that. And I think they've proven that the last two or three times they've, you know, been in the ring with each other, that you can just give them time and they will do uh, the, some. They will put on one of the best matches you've seen. 
Uh, but the, this is all about Kyle O'Reilly's attack. I do want to point out there's a couple of things that's just, as a wrestling fan, it's just always funny to me. You know, I just love being that guy who's like, you know what? Why don't they just all wear cups all the time, like a lot of other professional sports? Uh, one. And then two, the referees. Oh, yeah, you're here to save the heel. But when I got dropped on my head, no one was there. I know it was, in, I know it was you know, during a match, kind of, but still. Of course, they come up then. But, you know, that's just me being uh, petty about certain things. Either way it goes. Uh, yeah, this thing, this part did a really good job of just setting up what was to come. And I'll, I'll, you know, I ended this show, like, rubbing my hands together, like, ooh, you know? <laughs> well, that's that. And I thought it was brilliant. But it still lost the rating war to uh, Dynamite. And you're getting 691,000 to 743,000. Main angle on Dynamite was the Inner Circle War Council. Uh, we move on to the next episode of NXT 17th March and Finn Balor's in the ring. The champ still sank on his mind. St. Patrick's Day 2021, Finn Balor, Finn Balor still NXT champ. Kyle Riley beat him. Pete Dunne beat him. Adam Cole beat him. And only one man remains carrying cross. I've been waiting for you. And at TakeOver, stand and deliver. Your time is up. That brings that carrying cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. Um, and saying the entire situation was never going to happen until you and I settled our separate affairs. But a vision from Scarlet, there's a lot of talking, I'm going to skip through most of it, because there was a vision basically um, from Scarlet Bordeaux that she saw uh, them both holding gold, uh, and also said to um, uh, Balor that basically, I see you know, the end for you, and Balor says you know how it's going to be the main, the main event of TakeOver, you're going to choke but she did say you're both draped in gold and that leaves out that Tony Lorcan and Danny Birch uh, and they kind of big up uh, Pete Dunne saying he's the best technical wrestler, should be NXT champion. But, you know, if the boys are so confident, uh, let's make an NXT tag team title match for later tonight. My problem with this segment, I love all that was involved. It felt a very WWE way of starting the show. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Agreed. It, yeah. I just felt it went a bit too long as well, you know? Yeah, you could pull this segment right off of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah you've seen this done with different people involved you know a million times so yeah i agree yeah well and the first match is dexter loomis versus austin theory and dexter loomis comes out first while austin theory gets a pep talk from johnny garno and kansas ray via zoom backstage heads to the ring garno tells him the final part of the therapy is to face loomis alone i personally i always take the side of the kidnapper i, I don't know about you <laughs> when it comes down to it when it comes down to it, I'm back in Loomis. <laughs> I think this is what WWE are trying to tell us. That's true, um, but yeah, yeah, that's the lesson yeah. here. <laughs> that's a lesson. That's a lesson, kids. Uh, Fury with a close. Oh, my God. Fury with a close. Fury gets up slowly. Loomis offers him a hand held him back to his feet. Fury accepts in the two exchange an awkward stare. Fury goes for a hug, but Loomis goes for the silencer. Bad, bad Loomis. Fury then says he knew better not to trust him. Goes to the slam. But Loomis counters and powers Fury to the canvas. Locks in the silencer again. Fury goes out cold. You're winner of the contest. Dexter Loomis. This was a good match. And it'd be an understatement to say Loomis is a strange cat, wouldn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the overall. I, just, I must say, I came away from that match like, who in the hell am I supposed to like in this situation? <laughs> One guy's an idiot. The other guy, like, you know, I, and then, like, you, you hug him, and, you know, I thought it was supposed to be something. Then you just choke him out. I get it. We're in the middle of a match, but it's just like, like, who am I supposed to cheer for in this particular situation? Like, you just pointed out, it's probably the dilemma. I think we run it, and as a matter of fact, that's all, that may be a theme of our pods together, is talking about how Loomis 
his character is so confusing, and I don't even think WWE know what the or like NXT in general know what to do with it. No, I honestly, I've really done it. And then to us jump into us, Mackenzie Mitchell says Timmy Thatcher is missing an action. Chubb says that Imperium took matters in their own hands, and he says he's going to do the same. You should go ask Fabian and what happened to Alexander Wolf when they have no answer. He says you can tell them by the end of the night he will be the last man standing. And then Adam McCall says last week Carl O'Reilly made the biggest mistake of his life. He cost me the NXT champion. Uh, you punk. Uh, I will not rest until I um, I will. You try to end my career. I will not rest until I basically end yours. Um, again, not a bad stuff. But like we said, we've had the break now. We're just waiting for the kind of match itself, you know. But um, yeah. Still good stuff. Mackenzie Mitchell's with Shotzi and Ember Moon is so proud of being the tag team champions. We're interrupted by Robert Stone, his protege is a liar, or Numph, and Jesse Camara to get right to the point to get a tag team shot, what, shot next week on XT. And then we get Legala Del Fantasma versus Brizango. Santa Cesar comes up wearing a suit and tie with the interim cruiserweight title around his waist. Company's men round Mendoza and, of course, Woking Wild. Uh, we see uh, Brizango basically getting worked on. Breeze gets a super kick. Wild comes back in, but Escort breaks up. Breeze goes for the unpretty, but it's blocked. Mendoza makes a blind tag, and Legala down Fantasma. Double team Breeze, so Mendoza can get the pin. The winner of this match, Legala down Fantasma. Again, Legala needs to get the heat back. It was a good match, but this is all because of what happened against Karen Cross, isn't it? You know. Yes, definitely. I think they needed to show uh, Wild and Mendoza needed to show uh, how. They could, you know, I think it was great that they won this match the way they did it. And it, 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 it didn't establish, but it just reminded you that they're formidable also in this way. And uh, by the way, every time I watch Breezango, and I especially specifically Tyler Breeze, I just think about how underrated uh, they are and he is in particular. He is just, he's so good in the ring, man. I love Tyler he Breeze. Always really has. Is. I, I have always said, uh, even when Date Back podcast, you know, five years ago, uh, if he was a few inches taller, then he would be. People oh, look yes. at him as kind of like the next Shawn Michaels because he just had that personality. He's got the talent. I think it is just because he's five foot, you know, five foot seven, right. five foot eight, that right, he hasn't right. got the opportunity, uh, which is a shame, you know. But let me see Espar really go to the outside with Booth to tell who runs things around here. And he demands to know who Jordan Devlin is. He doesn't have to wait long as Devlin marches down to the ring and says, You know something, mate, you've been running around here for a year claiming that this is yours and take a good look because this is what a real champion looks like. I don't need to jump you from behind. I don't need two little stooges either. You've been telling everybody you're the king of this division, but the ace back in time, you've been filling for this and it's back and filling in. You're welcome. I've made history as a cruiserweight champion. I've proven it time after time. Somebody called Cindy Lauper, actually. You know why you uh, see the top because everybody here forgot you had it in the first place. So wrap up your business in the UK. Come here to face me on the one stage big enough for the emperor. Take over, stand and deliver. Devlin sponsor a headbutt and a suplex. He bows out the ring full of flunkies, can touch him and walks back with his head high. Um, brilliant. Uh, you, you've seen the headbutt. Uh, we, 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 we've seen that there uh, hard way. And there's one thing about Jordan Devlin. He looks like a little person. All right? mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, I don't use the M word. Uh, so he's a little person because the size of his head is disproportionate to the rest of his body. <laughs> now, now, yeah, now, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how it's happened, but it looked he bled. Basically, that's, that's what it is. But that's um, what a champion looks like, of course. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, 
Well, I put here, have a ladder match, a real throwback to WrestleMania 10. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that later on. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, God dang it. <laughs> we get another woman in the stack division, Sarai Warrior the Sun soon to make her NXT debut. Um, we then get uh, Dakota Chloe Stark. Um, Kai trips wild on the charge. She goes throat first into the ropes. Stark uh, managing to kick out of a super kick. And Kai picks Stark up, which counts for a couple of near falls and lands a knee. Rolling fire must go for Stark. Kai kicks Stark. She goes up top. Kai will elevate knees to the face for the pin. And the winner of the contest, Dakota Kai. Uh, if this was in AEW, they would nominate this for a match of the year. Because <laughs> Kai and Zoe Starks, I think, put on an, another excellent match. And this is why Kai is so consistent as well, you know? I agree 100%. It started off like it wasn't, like it was probably just going to be a really, you know, uh, not necessarily. Uh, it just it started off like most matches do in NXT, and then they just hit this this notch. It is, I don't know what happened, the switch, whatever, and it was just on another level, man. I really, like I said, Zoe Stark has impressed every week, and uh, Dakota Kai is good as she always is. This was a really, really good match uh, that I think kind of you know gets lost in the shuffle because Zoe's new and Dakota Kai. It's not like an internet, you know, even though I think yeah. she definitely has her fans, but she's not, you know what I mean? Uh, internet. Yeah, dog. exactly. Well, this is yeah. the thing. And, and I think uh, Stark shone again, but she just needs to get rid of that kind of Cena-esque debut outfit. You know, yeah, oh, when she yeah. finds something about it. <laughs> it's like yeah. the most generic kind of outfit. But anyway, uh, this brings out, you know, Shai marches her way down to the ring with a contract in hand. Shai ignores Kai and marches straight to slapping the contract in her chest. Uh, leaving everything to help start to the back. Undoubtedly, she's already signed it, and Gonzalez only needs to make it official. And then, again, EO's just so cool, just walking straight up to the monster, you know, going, I've signed it, sign it, stop fucking around, you know? It, it is really, really good. Um, and then Mr. Regal is needed right now because something happened to Adam Cole. We go to commercial. When we get back, the Grizzled Young Vets vows to get the Avenger and MSK before Imperium make their way to a ring. Uh, Tomasa Chumper runs up to attack Fabian Eichler. Then grounds Barfell right after the opening bell. Uh, then Tomasa Chumper versus Marcel Barfell. Eichner makes a save and Chumper hits, gets hit with a boot to the face. Barfell runs Chumper's face across the ropes and cuts a promo of the absent Thatcher from the camera, telling him to step in line. Chumper catches the boot coming in, hits a big knee. Chumper receives a clothesline and he knocks Eichner off the apron with an uppercut for hitting a big suplex. Willow's bell for the one, two, three. Um, Thoughts on this? Not a bad match, but Chomper with hair is still weird, yeah? I'm not the old only man one. Chomper. Yeah, old man Chomper. He, he, he's, he aged a decade, out of, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, out of nowhere, or a couple of decades at that. You know, he, it's, it's very weird to see that. Uh, I, I don't know if this is on purpose to, uh, you know, I think I, I heard reports of, uh, <laughs> I laughed, because I'm not saying that he was wrong, but you know, her reports of Vince saying Edge, uh, Vince McMahon is talking about Edge looking old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he yeah. has not seen Tommaso Chubb. <laughs> but another thing, another thing, not only the fact he looks old, but if he'd have shown his commitment to Johnny, then DIY wouldn't have broke up in the first place. <laughs> you know? Yeah, good point. That's a great point. He's been a better partner right now than he ever was to Gargano. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no. That's a great point. <laughs> um, but... 
But Volta is here. He's standing at the top of the ramp, and Chomper looks pleased that the general has finally shown up. He has an extra UK title around his waist. He rips off his jacket to show it off. Chomper dares him to step in the ring. Then appearing double team champions, he's distracted. Walter unloads with a chop to level Chomper just as he breaks free. It's three on one beatdown. Everyone in Imperium stand proudly in the ring over him. Uh, Walter versus Champa with Thatcher Turner take over. Yes, please. I'll take that all day long. Uh, great moment there for Walter as well to make an impact. I agree 100%. I've been waiting on a moment like that. I've been waiting on Walter. I was waiting on uh, ever since. You remember the Finn Balor and, uh, and Walter feud that was teased? Ever since those days, I was waiting. I've been waiting on Walter to show up in NXT. So I'm just, this was great. It was great. And, and like you said, a fight with a guy like Champa. Oh, my God. They're going to kill it. They're going to kill it. Right. Now, meanwhile, Regal's outside the CWC with police officers on the cold screaming for vanities at Ronald O'Reilly for trying to run him down. I will not calm down. You are finished. Um, this is what happens to all my friendships as well. Weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. The similarities between uh, trying to get killed on the motorway. You know, it's like if I had yeah. a pound. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, anyway, LL night is set to W next week. But Ronson really is stalking him backstage in his cut promo for a break. And then L.A. Knight versus August Gray. Knight's opponent is already in the ring as he makes his entrance, which suggests this is a squash in the making. No one's even to bother to introduce him, but it's 205 Live standout August Gray. The referee signals for the bell. Knight is choking him out of the ropes, booting him in the face and diving him. Blind buster. Ronson Reed comes out uh, on top of the entrance ramp with L.A. Knight's jacket and puts it on, ripping it apart. For trying to pull it on, distraction roll up for a near fall, knee to the head, boots the gut, face plant, and the match is over. The winner of the contest is L A Nine, and this felt like the old NXT. You know when like you had the guy <laughs> debuting, like yeah. Bobby Roode or something like that, like a proper old of going. Oh, this guy's going to get built up now because he's starting them off with squashes. You know. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I mean, his entrance gear may look like a male stripper. But, I mean, August Gray actually looks like a male stripper. So yeah, that's fair. Suppose, fair. You know, uh, if you're going to go with it. Um, how far can L.A. Knight go at this moment in time, do you reckon? Um, you know, at this moment in time, they obviously see something in him. Because, like you said, you know, uh, not only do they give him squash, uh, squash to build him up, you know, uh, they were, you know, uh, putting him in a feud this soon. I was surprised. I wasn't, I was, you know, I know he's been doing the stuff with, uh, you know, Reed for a while, uh, you know, for a while at that point, at this point. But it's still, you know, you know, they don't necessarily do that all the time, throw you in directly into a feud. Like, for example, Zoe Stark, you know, she's been having great matches with, you know, coming close, but she has, she's not really in a feud. No one is looking for Zoe Stark. So I think that means that they see something in them. I, I again, I want to see what, this character evolves into before I can tell you what I think is going to happen with it. Uh, but he has potential. I will say that he definitely has potential in this system. Without a doubt. And then backstage, Gonzalez is happy. Now she's got a contract and a match with Shy wherever she wants it to go. Kai tells her that's great, but she needs her next week for a tag team match against Eo Shy and Zoe Stark. So show everybody who runs this place. Cause I was like, yeah, I'll get behind that. Uh, Regal says everything is completely out of control. Hopefully the police drop the charges because if they do, I'm going to bring them to the Capitol Wrestling Centre next week. Nobody can stop them from joining each other, but I have a solution in mind. And then our main event uh, for the NXT Tag Team Championship, uh, only Lorcan and Danny Burst versus Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. We see a double, th- a double down leads to Balor crawling for the hot tag, but Lorcan knocks Cross off the apron before Balor can get there. Balor whips Lorcan back and forth across the ring in response and closes the him out to the floor. Sling braid on the pretty black mats. Balor sizes him up and hits a missile drop kick, but he's not back into Bordeaux. She takes a bump. 
Cross is pissed and starts beating up his own partner for throwing him back into the ring. And then only Larkin with a charging uppercut beating NXT champion. But it was a good match. Uh, the winners of this still con- uh, contest is still champion Zone Lorcan Danny Birch. Um, but unfortunately, it looked like Danny Birch was injured in yep. this matchup. Afterwards, Cross continued to beat down a Balor in the ring so much for Scarlett Bordeaux's prediction that two men would be draped in gold. <laughs> he pulls Balor back up to his feet just so Cross can stop him with forearms to the head from behind. So arguably, this was a plan all along. She lays a title on his chest and tells him everything happens for a reason. You can't escape fate. That's how the show ends. Uh, what were your thoughts on the main event? Because Cross looked like a killer. Uh, but, you know, like I said, with the injury of Birch, maybe didn't go the way it should have done, maybe. Yeah, I agree. I think that was probably the main downside of this match. I think it was obvious that something went wrong. And, uh, you know, like you said, and uh, Birch's injury really, you know, it sucks. Because they, you know, Larkin and Birch, was, this is the best run, I think, by far that they've had. And they are, they're on, they were on, like, on the money right now. It, it sucks the timing of this situation, this close to takeover, to have something like that to happen. So, yeah, that definitely put a damper on it. But I think the main event itself you know, accomplish this goal. Personally, me, and this is, has nothing to do with NXT, uh, I'm tired of the whole, the, the entire week. Oh, are they going to get along? Like, when we know they're obviously opposed. You know, that's the one thing I will say that's overdone right now, WWE, but at least in this situation, it was for the story, and it's obviously going to be a one-time thing, and not like, for example, Sasha Banks and Bianca teaming up for I don't know how long chasing belts when they they've been we've known they're gonna fight each other for a while now yeah no, now, that's they, a, you know what I mean so anyway that's so, an excellent point yeah it's yeah. a it's the kind of odd odd team couple or the kind of right oh can they get through team. this match yeah you know Shayna Baszler uh, well, and Nia started that way so it's yeah. just like it's overdone it's true well we had some bad news because uh William Riggle then announced on the Tuesday that like, Birch are forced to vacate the NXT Tag Team Championships. He announced that Birch suffered a separate shoulder last week. That's a bummer. They never defended them at a takeover. But let's hope they get up back back to injuries and get a chance. Uh, so at this point, Grizzled Young Vets versus the MSK for the titles. Unless, what about we have a tag team tournament, right? Listen to this. And the winner, <laughs> and the winner has to tag gold. I don't know what we'd call it, though. But you have like 16 teams. Oh, it's a great, great idea, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! That, that, hey, you know what? You need, you need to, you need to, you need to book. You need to go book. You need to go put in your application. <laughs> I think it's gonna work. I think it's gonna work. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> we've got two episodes to go for NXT. We're on to the 24th of March now, and it should be very exciting. We get a camera showing Adam Cole arriving in the building. And it's time for our opening match, which is Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus the Shy. And um, I put Tony Stark, but I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, what it's a team! Iron Man. And he's in the end of the match. Team. He just clicks his fingers, and then it ends for everybody. Chai um, <laughs> does a backflip on the ropes to wipe Gonzalez out, and Stark throws Gonzalez back in. Stark misses with 450. Gonzalez plants her in the centre of the ring, and both women are down, but Stark is more down. Gonzalez gets up looking at Shy on the outside. The pick starts up by the hair. She boots Shy in the face. She gets the apron. Now, Powerbomb Stark and pins her for free. The winner of the contest, Gonzalez and Kai. 
because uh, I was in Shai face off in the ring. Shai smells Kai trying to jump her and wipes her out, but Gonzalez used a distraction. So now Shai with boots in the face and picks her up, throws her back first as she announces this. Shai sells her back, arriving in pain as referee checks her. Next, he has a video package of match highlights. When we come back, Gonzalez is smirking and snorting. Mine devastating uh, handiwork. Starts impressed again. EO so cool, and Gonzalez looked like a badass there, didn't she, you know? Yes, another. I think that's just it's just like EO being cool, Gonzalez being a badass is one of those things <laughs> that has become a, a, a trend. You know what I mean? And she's just unstoppable. And uh, this this did a really great job of establishing that again. And also at the same time, the match is uh, you know itself did a good job again showing uh, what Zoe Stark could do. You know, also. So yeah, I well, thought this out. was a really good segment. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. This leads to security footage. Well, Nicole and Kyle O'Reilly fighting in Grace Jiu-Jitsu training facility. Mackenzie Mitchell interviews O'Reilly backstage, but Roddy Strong interrupts. We need to go out there and kick his ass. O'Reilly says, bro, I appreciate that, but there's no more us. This is just between me and him. And Strong says, you know what? Both of you can just go to hell. And as he walks <laughs> off the sad, the sad Hulk music plays. You know, the da 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 And he just cries and walks away. O'Reilly says, does that answer your question? L.A. L.A. Knight. And then he didn't do it there. Some reason he said, I told you a few weeks ago, whose game is it? It's LA Knights. The ruler is here tonight, brother. Just like you, we're gonna find out. It's game, it's not an insult, it's just a fact of life. The American male will be in action later. Uh, Jordan Devlin is pissed off doing a promo. We talked about world class professional athlete playing his trade at the top of his game all over the world, Japan, Europe, America. University of Texas tonight, he's gonna go one on one with Kushida, brother. Tonight, you got yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time because I'm gonna make an example out of you. For Santos Escobar, right before NXT stand and deliver. Like I said, little person's head there with a nice promo. And then Bronson Reed versus L.A. Knight. And Knight looks frustrated that he hasn't put Reed away yet. He charges and Reed delivers a, a shot. Knight kicks him and Reed hulks up. Knight runs into a brick wall with a belly and follows up with a splash in the corner. Reed with a thunderous chokeslam. He goes outside, climbs to the top. Knight cuts him off with Reed's crotch to the top turnbuckle. Knight climbs up and appears to be trying to suplex Reed. But Reed gives him a headbutt to knock him off. Hits a tsunami splash full of three. The winner of the contest is the colossal Bronson Reed. I mean, not exactly an auspicious start to uh, L. A. <laughs> Knight's run. When he beat August Gray and got destroyed by Bronson Reed, he's going to need to get back on track. Uh, it was a good match, but I mean, this is a bit weird, wasn't it? I agree. Uh, you know, uh, I was surprised. I was so surprised. But, you know, NXT, are, you know, sometimes do this every now and then, you know. You know, premier character, and you know they 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 don't necessarily come in and dominate immediately. They you know, and not that he's gonna continue to lose. I think this may be a vehicle to explore what he does. You know, in response, like does his character get a chip on his shoulder? Does the character does the character uh you know you know start you know being more aggressive, cheating? You know, whatever it is, something may change in L.A. Knight's character. But yeah, I agree. It's definitely not the start you would you would assume. <laughs> For the case. No, he's, he's probably thinking what, but uh, we get a graphic from Danny Birch's separate shoulder. Uh, this is to a freeway match. MSK, Grizzly Young Vets, and Nagala down Phasma on April 7th for one night stand to crown new champions. Uh, it's a shame, but that doesn't look like a bad match. But up next is Karen Cross versus Only Lorkin. Before that, we get rid of a package of water. Highlight starts um, our return for commercial. Long with a reminder that Drake Maverick will face him later on tonight's show. Poor Drake. Uh, Karrion Cross <laughs> versus Only Lorkin then. And uh, Cross and Scarlet enter 
Hills, the capital centre, obviously. Lorca wastes no time, charges the ring when the music hits. There was still smoke left in the ring when he got there. Chris cares not for his furious assault. He stands behind Lorca, waiting for him to get back up. What I did to your boy, Danny, I don't regret it. In fact, I loved it. Lorca then hits up and cuts in response. First charges him with his shoulder face first into the ring post. Lorca starts throwing chops and face slaps as Cross gets back up. Lorca chops down the left knee, hits two uppercuts, and now he's one screaming. Cross ducks his next move and hits a big boom by Cito Suplex. Cross with a forearm to the back of the head, and this one is over. This was awesome. Not only with yeah. the slats, but the eyes and the visuals. We talked about Tyler Breeze, but only Lorcan is another dude who yes. just is fantastic in ring worker, isn't he? You know. I agree 100%. And uh, what I love, like you mentioned the eyes, you can tell he wanted revenge for what happened to his to his buddy and, you know, like or his partner. And when, when that happens and when you can just feel that emotion, like you feel it through the television screen or wherever you're watching it all, and you see, like you said, that the intensity, the slaps, the fight, the fact that Cross seemed to be loving the pain and it, it made Cross look like even more of this, you know, unbeatable monster also. But at the same time, I think it did a real, it did, it really made Lork, it really made me feel like Lorkin should not be not, you know, sometimes when tag team partners, yeah, yeah, yeah. the partner has to go away from television or whatever. Lorkin should be a, continue to be a part of the, you know, what they have cooking on NXT. They should not make him sit out just because of an injury to his partner. Like he should still be working matches. And this was a, a perfect example of why. I think without a doubt. And uh, then we see, Karen Cross getting a microphone. He said, I'd like to take a moment right now to address the actions of uh, from Mr. Baller from last week. Um, you know what? I appreciate that. I realise I was giving respect to a man who didn't appreciate it, who didn't deserve it, despite the fact you're a champion. When I held your little neck in my hand, it just felt like anybody else's. You see, Mr. Baller, when the fuse is lit, there's no stopping what's coming next, which is me, Finn Balor. Balor has a belt over his left shoulder and a mic in his right hand. Uh, and then what I really liked about this is that he kind of slowly... You know, right in front of the opponent, Lorcan, you know, just kind of walks over him, doesn't he? You know, and yeah. says to him, Cross, you took your best shot last week, um, but you fight with an emotion, uncontrollable emotion. Mm-hmm. Some people call it uh, demons, but it's not. Uh, he said, when you do that, you will get sloppy. And I'm going to push you to a point where you have only two options. One, you surprise everyone and you master your emotions. Or two, what I believe will happen last week. Your emotions master you. When they do, I'm going to drag you into the cold, deep water with no emotion. I'm going to drown you. It's down face, face, living to end the second. This was fucking brilliant. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good. Both guys. Oh, my goodness. It was so good, man. I love the intensity. The promo was just perfect, like you just said. Uh, Ballas, uh, Cross's promo was perfect, and then Ballard's response was even better, you know, because if there's one thing we know about Cross's character, he definitely gets angry. And so you saying you can use that to defeat him was just so smart. I just I love this promo. It was just great. It really did a good job of uh, setting the stage for what is coming at TakeOver. You know when a promo is good is when you're, you know, you're, you're excited about other matches, but then something happens. You go, do you know what? I'm into this one now. And and this exactly. is the kind of promo that was like, I didn't know I was into Cross and Battle this much, but they've, fucking, they've told me a story here, you know? Uh, and then Winnie Regal says, good evening. It's time to announce who will face Johnny Gagano for the NXT North American Champion Stand and Deliver. Next week, there will be a 12-man battle royal and the final six participants in the battle royal will qualify for the Gauntlet Eliminator. The order in which those final six superstars are eliminated will determine the entry order. Two men will start the Eliminator and a fresh competitor will enter every three minutes. Pinfall submission will determine the elimination to one main remains. That man will go on to face Johnny Garlow on night two of TakeOver, stand and deliver. Best wishes to all the competitors 
uh, in the competition. I mean, someone can explain that to me next time, all the rules. <laughs> but the people in, Kushida, Leon Ruff, Austin Theory, uh, L.A. Knight, Aaron Paul, Atlas, Reed, <laughs> Grimes, Strong, Dunswerve, and of course, Loomis. What were your thoughts when Regal first said this? Uh, first of all, I had to I rewinded my, my show a couple times to uh, try to understand what was going on first. And then but once I uh figured out what where they were okay, where they were heading with this and then okay, the last six and then they determined the order. Okay, now I got it. So uh I you know, I'm I'm cool. I think what this really showed me was just how deep the North American uh title picture is it's deeper than i even gave it credit i didn't know really definitely didn't know la Knight was considered in the picture already and you know <laughs> and all this type of stuff so uh it it was it, it was cool but it, it just shows you just how much talent uh they have that you have in nxt and uh it ended up being a, like well who's gonna make it to take over boys <laughs> that's what the battle royale ended up being like all right who's going who's gonna make the card <laughs> uh, that was like really really good stuff and she has a message for jordan definitely will help with subtitles he says for me it's all about competition you're one of the best for the past year i've been taking down every superstar steps in the ring tonight you're gonna find out what happens when you face the best technical wrestler in the world kushida and then up next Volta versus Drake Maverick. Maverick is already in the ring. That's not a good sign for what's coming. Way back, it's got some bad news for Maverick. <laughs> says this can't possibly end well. Uh, Walter is flanked by Imperium. Of course, the NXT UK Championship around oh. his waist. Uh, Walter is just so imposing. Even the entrance, as soon as you look, you just know he's yeah. in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Maverick charges him as the bell rings and he's easily overpowered. Walter power bombs him. Turns him over into Cloverleaf for the submission, but he's already out cold, so the ref stops the action. Uh, Winner's concert by referee stoppage, Volta. Poor Drake. He looked in great shape before his death. Um, <laughs> this brings out a pissed off Champa. Uh, Imperium stands together with a champion. Champ said, A couple of weeks ago, I said that you intrigued me. I spoke. That intrigues me. He points at the NXT UK title. He says, Let's cut the chase, shall we? You know what I want. You know what I want to say, big man. Uh, Walter Champa, NXT title. Uh, NXT UK title take over stand and deliver. Uh, Walter tries to walk away. Champa tries to stop him. He gets a beat down from appearing for his efforts. Walter rips the chain off his neck and then chops him in half. Champa crawls over to grab it. Walter puts his knees in the head and says, I'll see you at takeover. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I never thought I wanted to see Walter and Champa as much as I want to see them at this point in time. Agreed. this leads us to Pete Dunn cutting the promo saying he'll dominate the battle role next week with a bruise weight to become new North American champion. We get rid of package Robert Stone offering Mercedes Martinez uh, money to take Jesse Camara's place. <laughs> and just like Hernandez in Impact and their matches up next after the break, Johnny Gagano barges into William Regal's office after commercial break and William Regal mocks him for wearing the North American top around his waist. Regal, are you cuckoo bananas? <laughs> Johnny Takeover deserves respect. If you're Johnny Takeover, this should be a problem, says Regal. What I suggest you do is study your competitors. Gagana storms out, muttering, I'm not shutting your door. Johnny <laughs> is so funny when it comes to the little thing. We, I moaned about him maybe a year ago, saying yeah. we need to get his heel work done. And he's right, got right. it down so much now, hasn't he, you know? Oh, my goodness. He's come so far. You know, I wasn't. I remember not being sure also. Like, I remember at the beginning, like, is this... Really, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. And like you said, he's settled into it perfectly. Uh, and then Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, the champs versus the Lyle, or Nymph and Mercedes Martinez for the tag team titles. Nymph tags back in, but Moon finally gets a hot tag and starts cleaning the house. Powerbomb is broken up by Martinez just before three. 
Referee tells her to go out. Blackheart gives her a DDT to make her roll out in pain. Moon goes to the top for an eclipse. One, two, three. The champions retain. Um, this whole thing rushed to me. I don't know if they were kind of running out of time, wherever they did, but yeah. it was just quite a quick match. And on top of that, we go to Cameron Grimes backstage trying to pitch an idea for Roger Strong. He wants to buy the intellectual property undisputed era. Strong responds exactly the way you think he would do. He decks him. And, of course, our next match is uh, Kushida versus Devlin. But before that, Hartwell and the Ray confront the women's tag team champions backstage and vow to show them the way on their time at the convenience of the champion Mottlin right back. Don't be jelly. And then Jordan Devlin versus Kushida. <laughs> uh, this was good. That had levels to go up, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, the guy that fans will come out for a distraction and Kushida uses it for a suplex into a cross arm break. And Devlin gets a rope break. But Nagala drag him to the floor. Esper mocks him from the top of the entrance ramp. Devlin ducks the flunkies, dives back in the ring, and bridges Kushida full of pin. When it comes to Jordan Devlin, were you surprised they put Jordan Devlin over Kushida? Or does that just show you the kind of the way they're positioning Devlin against Escobar? Kushida might be doing with Dunn. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. Uh, you know, and I, I understand that it wasn't set in stone that Kushida and Dunn uh, were fighting at TakeOver, but you know, it was very surprising to me, uh, you know, seeing that they were going to, you know, not only do that. By the way, I, I actually really liked the match, even though I agree. Uh, you know, I thought they worked well together. Uh, you know, I agree about the outcome, you know, because the ending kind of cut them off anyway, you know. But it, either way it go, we all know that, like, you give somebody a take. I think Devlin is good enough that he definitely deserves the win. I understand. I think they were really just wanting to build up Devlin as credible as they can as quickly as they can, if you see what I'm trying to say. So they had to give him someone like Kushida, who is an established threat. So I, I understand it. You know, I was surprised, but I guess I am going for it. Yeah, I think about that. We see a furious Kushida charge out of the ring to attack Real Mendoza and Woken Wild. Meanwhile, Santa's Esker music gets in the ring to confront Devlin. They get face-to-face in strange words before Shawn Michaels' music hits. <laughs> What's going on here? Michaels <laughs> walks down to the ring, cowboy hat on his head, pulls out the apron and pulls out the ladder. He tosses it in the ring and both men look at it. Then they take the hint and both stand over the ladder, holding their titles in the air. Looks like our unification match at TakeOver is now a ladder match. They're ruling for Regal um, on Cole and Riley's up next. Michael smirks as on Cole as he arrives for the commercial break. Uh, what were your thoughts on this becoming a ladder match? I hinted it last episode, but to actually do it shows that they do actually care. <laughs> they care about history a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Especially when one of the people who was involved in that history works, uh, you know, directly with the talent. So, yeah, of course they will remember that when, when something Sean was involved, right? Involved with, right? But anyway, uh, I, uh, I also, I think, did someone steal your notes? You said you wrote this down, too, also, by the way, before. Did you do that before it happened? You, yeah, did I did you it before, this? yeah. Like yep, some, did, did someone take your notes? You, you you sure? No one, you know, you never know. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's great. You know, I think uh, it's a great callback, especially when you're merging two championships the way they're doing. Uh, you know, and, and let's just be honest. I think that's what I think that this makes the card, you know, if it makes it a little bit more like it's not just going to be straight up wrestling. Now we have something else here that's going to have. OK, this is going to have a unique stipulation uh, attached to it. Ladder matches usually are always, you know, insane usually, of course. But at the same time, uh, I think in this scenario, it's a perfect fit. 
I think without a doubt. And then up next, we get, uh, like we said, brilliant Regal, Adam Cole and Kyla Riley. Regal says, gentlemen, thank you for joining me here tonight. Now, it's obvious that the situation for the two has gotten out of control. He's reached boiling point. In fact, you've got the bloody peace involved. Um, I've not embarrassed this company that so many people have worked so hard to create. What I have here is a solution to this situation. This is a contract for Kyla Riley to face Adam and Cole in the co-main event, the second night of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Now, Carl, we were still not immediately cleared. This match can only take place when you sign the contract and acknowledge that NXT is not liable for anything that happens to both of you. Regal slaps the contract down in front of Cole. Then Cole says, Regal, I want to tell you a little story. Imagine you were born blind, you could not see, and then one day you wake up and you see everything. We call that a revelation. And I had one. I realised I didn't need the indisputed era anymore. In fact, they were holding me back. Know who made me realise that it was you, Carl. I brought into this BS and it was about brotherhood. It never was about that, Carl. I watched you challenge for the title not once but twice and then fail not once but twice. Then you tried to befriend Finn Balor to join the Unsputed Era. Have you lost your mind? Then I realised you are a sidekick, comfortable being on the sidelines, and that's not me. I'm nothing like you. You lost sight of what it was, what the Unsputed Era was. It wasn't about friendship. It wasn't about brotherhood. It was about being the best. And you're looking at the best. Honestly, Carl, you should be... Do you think you would have made it to W if it wasn't me? Do you think the Unspeakable Era works for Adam Cole? I'm the one who led the charge. I'm the main one who invented. I'm the one that's led you title run. I'm the one who sold the T-shirts. Unspeakable about Adam Cole is nothing. And you, Kyle O'Reilly, are nothing. Well, I cannot wait for this fight to take over. You want to know why? I already know who wins. The whole world knows who wins. The, one, the only one who doesn't know is a pathetic lapdog sitting across the table. Cole signs the contract and shoves it across the table to O'Reilly. O'Reilly pounds the pin on the contract and picks up the mic. We've known each other for a long time. At least I thought. Four hungry pit bulls looking to take our spot at the top where he, we belong. We didn't give a damn about whose expense or who was footing the bill. We will forever have heat with the general manager in a whole locker room. For- I grew up, though. I started to take some accountability for my actions. No more sneak attacks. No more four-on-one beatdowns. No more BA. We become better wrestlers, better fighters, champions. We became stars. But only one of us became a better person, a better human being. Adam Cole is just the same asshole that walked into this place three and a half years ago. I keep forcing myself to truly believe the last three and a half years meant nothing. I'm forcing myself to believe this because if any part of me thinks you and I could be cool again, go for a beer again, I won't do what is necessary to put you down for good. I sold my soul for the undisputed era and I want it back. You're an insecure prick who used his best friends and that is so cold and somehow I'm not I'm not surprised in the least. But tell but let me tell you something, Cole. Not one single person is going to be surprised. Look me in the eye. Not one single person will be surprised after I beat you into a pulp. For the first time in damn near four years, I'll sleep like a baby. He did sign the contract. Damn, what a promo. Damn, what a promo. That a boy, Kyle. Go ahead, sign that death warrant. O'Reilly <laughs> signs and throws a pen at him. Cole knocks over the table and they both scream at each other as the show goes off the air. It's on like Donkey Kong. Cole was phenomenal <laughs> in this. What did you think of the closing segment of NXT? Uh, of NXT? Uh, I, and I think this is, I think uh, it's becoming a theme for this particular show. But they did, man, did they do a great job of just setting the scene uh, for what is needed. I thought it was perfect. They deserve a lights out match. You know, if we're going to get a ladder match, we needed another, uh, you know, 
if we if you needed another, you know, while if you're into like hardcore style of matches and all that type of stuff, like this this may take over officially. Like once I started to see as the card was put in, being put together, uh, completed or completed to be is the correct word. Uh, this really made it show show me that this takeover is like. They're trying to reach to every wrestling fan, like every yeah. type of wrestling fan. You got ladder matches, you got the lights out matches, you're gonna have the the straight up championship contest between Io Shirai and also with with Balor and Cross. Like you have a little bit of everything on this card, and this segment did just all it did was get me even more excited for what was to come. Uh, you know, next week now I think. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Well, just before we get to our last episode, we had a huge bit of news. There's WWE and NBC Universal signed a new multi-year deal that will keep NXT on USA edi- uh, on network. Mm-hmm. In addition, NXT will be moving from Wednesday to Tuesday nights oh, beginning April God. 13th. Uh, speaking with Variety, W Executive Vice President of Global Talent Strategy and Development, Paul Best or Triple H, said the decision to show <laughs> Wednesday was to keep things consistent with original time slot on W Network, but now we're firmly established on cable, they can move it less of an issue. We feel like it'll be constant fan brace we can grow off the brand of Raw. What were your thoughts? It's been rumoured for a long time. Uh, a lot of AEW fans are happy, but it's not. I don't think it's just about that. The fact to no. move to Tuesday. What were your thoughts? Uh, I, I've always been pro it. You know, first of all, let me be selfish here. For the, as a content creator, oh my goodness, thank goodness, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for spreading this out. Do you not understand how hard it is to try to be timely with them coming on at the same time for me? You know, over here, you know, it's, it's insane uh, trying to plan things, but. Either way it goes, but that's besides that part. As a fan, it made complete sense. Uh, I, I, I like the move. I thought when they did the NXT Super Tuesday, you know, I thought it, it really helped. It was just it was just felt better, you know, to I, and not even just having the show there. It's just like the placement of it within the week with everything going on now with all, like you said, all these promotions. I think this is going to be great for them. And I think the ratings had a great boost, even though I understand that that show was a really, you know, it was a big show, like a takeover level. Uh, type of show so uh you know i'm excited to see what what they'll do with the new time slot and i'm just so happy that now finally i can uh just stop seeing the countless battles on my social media between the AEW faithful and uh you know the, the wwe lawyer guys hopefully this can calm some of that down you know with them not being in direct uh you know competition like that well, this is the thing, and the thing I've been saying recently is don't hate, just enjoy. You know, if you don't like uh, one company, watch another. And we talk about Raw on a Monday, uh, NXT on a Tuesday, you know, Wednesday night, obviously Dynamite, Thursday's NXT UK, and the Impact right. Friday with SmackDown. And then you throw in Ring of Honor, NWA in there, New Japan, like we've not even mentioned as well. Like we talked exactly. about at the beginning of the show, it is a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan. You know, yes. the, the 14, 15-year-old me, dreams of a, a position like this and now like you said they're, they're not overlapping each other at all it's going to be a great time and hopefully we can build from this now and, and see where we get to uh, but we've got one last episode of nxt it's the 31st of march and we open with a hype video for night one and two of standard liver but we start with strong making his entrance first match roger strong versus cameron guy grimes You've been seeing these two men be simmering since, of course, Grimes tried to buy the intellectual promise. Um, <laughs> he, he comes out. Uh, Strong's wearing his own graphic uh, jacket, and Grimes comes up with a mic saying, Honestly, we're at Cameron Grimes, undisputed, we may be done for, but Roddy, I'm here to tell you we can keep going. I wasn't prepared for this week. I've got something to change your mind. He owns a t shirt that says, Grimes, the system. 
He's also got a title shot at the entrance that says Grimes, the system. Strong has done enough and rushes out the ring. Punk Grimes, the entrance ramp. Now with a haymaker, he throws Grimes in the ring and the bell rings immediately. Grimes starts to roll away, but Strong hits uh, Chris Cross forearms till Grimes counters for a near fall and goes into his trunk for a foreign object. But it's an undisputed era armband. Strong knocks out of his hand, but stares at it for too long. Grimes hits a cave-in full of pin. The winner of this contest, Cameron Grimes. What were your thoughts on this? Because I thought the two were a bit directionless, but I like Grimes because he's got the money, but where's the end goal? But the emotional thread of the undisputed era on Strong was a really nice touch. I agree. I, I was not expecting, since he's been uh, portrayed, Grimes has been portrayed, you know, not necessarily just because of the comedy role that he kind of, you know, has, but he's been, he's not really ever been portrayed as the smartest. But he he's seemed like such a smart heel in this situation, using the baggage from the Undisputed Era era's fallout to defeat him, basically, you know, the the like you said, the armband. I think I even noticed earlier in the match, Strong looking at a fan with an Undisputed yes. Era t-shirt yes. and getting kind of stuck there. Like, I love those little subtle storytelling moments, you know, that was uh, in this match. And, you know, Cameron Grimes using that to an advantage was a great victory and I loved it. It was really, really good. I was surprised though, uh, like I said, as far as this coming from Cameron because they've kind of portrayed him not really as just dumb, like not as dumb as theory, but you know, <laughs> you know, as he he's been like yeah. Cameron Grimes. I can only explain it as Cameron Grimes. <laughs> no, but like I said, it's a really good opener actually, you know. And then that takes us right to a video package from Cameron Cross and Scarlet where Cross promises to phone the Prince followed by another commercial break. That's good shit. And then we get a Walter promo where he returned. He puts over his muscle. Chump has been an all-time NXT great. But see that Chump has got other priorities now and he's become a shell of his former self. At TakeOver, I'm going to prove what I mean when I say the mat is sacred. Again, awesome. Then the NXT announced team plugs the move to Tuesdays and TakeOver hard. Nothing get uh, You can get it for as low as $2.50. Wow. Uh, before we get the Del Fantasma in the ring, uh, Santa says, tonight I want to issue an open challenge. Why? Because I run the bingo around here. Uh, because I want to show Jordan Devlin what he's in for. I was born a champion. That's the difference between me and you, Jordan Devlin. I am the emperor of Lucha Libre. It's not a nickname. It's not a catchphrase. 100 years of tradition. This is what I represent. This very cruiserweight title was born. And what I represent, this division will forever belong to me as long as I want it to. Because it's in my blood. Uh, I'm the best cruiserweight in the history of NXT. His promo is cut for Prince Pretty. Uh, but I've got to say, what a promo it was there by Santos Escobar. But then Tyler Breeze comes out and interrupts. And Tyler Breeze said, you know what the difference is between you and me? You think the Cruiserweight division is yours because you're entitled. Me? I had to work my ass off to be open challenge. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so then it's Sam Sussman versus Tyler Breeze. Esper tells you're a joke at Breeze for hitting him with a dropkick in the fo- a corner. But Esper gets in deep, deep trouble here as Breeze shows up his shades of Bret Hart, appropriate trunks of pink and black as well, as he hits a sharpshoot. But Esper crawls to the ropes. And forces a break. Esper blocks an unprettier, kicks him in the jaw, nails him with a phantom driver to finish off the match. Oh, well. Good effort from Prince Pretty, the winner of the contest, Santos Esper. I cannot wait for this ladder match. Uh, like to talk about another good match. We talked about Breeze being underrated as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But MSK are here. They go to Phantasma Bowers. They make the save, but Prince Pretty can get a post-match beatdown. The grizzled young vets interrupt all of them with a video on the Titantron. We are laser-focused on only one thing. The Grizzly on Vets are soon to be recognised as the NXT Tag Team Champions. <laughs> it was brilliant. But I thought of all the build-up for all the, you know, like I said, we've covered seven episodes here. I think the mm-hmm. one build-up that maybe we've not had a lot is the tag team titles on the line. 
obviously yeah. due to Danny Birch's injury, but even with MSK maybe not being 100%, it's kind of been the Grizzly Young Vets to be hitting promos at this moment in time, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, they've come into the uh, they've they've been carrying a lot of the tag team storytelling, uh, like you said, with those promos. And I think you know, with the injury to uh, Larkin and Bert, Larkin Birch, I believe that uh, you know, uh, I think they'll be a great pick to to take it home. Honestly, the, and like you said, you know, the, the promos have been getting have been getting us through at least with any type of storytelling. They entertain me every time, every promo I've heard, I've, I've been entertained by. And, uh, you know, I, I love them in the ring, so I don't see why not. But, yeah, I think that's out of every bill. They may have, been, may have had the weakest, but like you said, injuries, you know, it's hard and, uh, uh, to, to pre- you can't prepare. You never, you never know. Nah. Anybody can get hurt. I, I, and to be fair, they have got like ten matches to sort out, not just <laughs> exactly. the standard five. So True. yeah, I will, I will, I'll maybe give them a little bit of break there. But uh, we're backstage with the way and Garner interrupts and outrages winning Regal, saying he's cuckoo bananas and unfit to run NXT. Austin Fury says he'll win the battle royal and let Johnny Garner do the finger poke of doom. Garner <laughs> that killed the business. The Fury says we're still here, though. It's still here, you know. Yeah. The man has a point, you know, they really <laughs> don't. Uh, Carlo Grease has said his money's on Fury. Candice Array and Indy Hartwell vowed to show up. everybody up, the real champions, next. Um, and then for some reason we see a dog running around the outside of the building. Okay, then. Up next, Candice Array and Indy Hartwell versus Gigi Dolan and Zayda Ramir. The opponents of the way are already in the ring, get no instruction for Candice Array and Indy Hartwell will make their entrance. Indy Hartwell works with a woman number one, who is far red-haired, Gigi Dolan. Candice Ray tags in, but misses a charge into the corner. Gigi Dolan's partner, Zayda Ramir from Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, tags in. The change of the Fast and Furious here. Hartwell with an elbow to the back from the ropes, and Ramir is down and out for a free count. The winner of the contest, Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell. Uh, thoughts on this match? I mean, the two young girls need a little bit more work, but it wasn't yeah. offensive, was it? You know, it wasn't oh, no, no. like, you know. Yeah, it, it wasn't like the the greatest thing ever. It was still a squash match, and you know I think uh, Dolan and Ramirez, uh, of course, like you said, need a little bit more more time. It was sloppy at moments, but you know again, it, you know as as they get better, you know you also got to think about it right now in that particular situation. I think Larray, because as much as I like what Indy has been doing so far, she is still also relatively new to uh, to the to this spot, you know. So uh, I think for who for everyone that was involved, it turned out okay. But yeah, uh, you know, I'm not. I, I still think it, it it did a great job of, you know, establishing Lorraine and Hartwell as, you know, the next in line for the tag team title. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then the Ray gets the microphone. And says it's not women in the locker room. It deserves to be a champion more than I do. That means Indy and I deserve to be NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Shot CNN by coming for what's mine. So before it's our time, our sage and our way. And that is takeover standard delivery. This, of course, brings out Shotzi and Ember riding the tank. And they say, excuse me, Candice, you just say you deserve our titles. We think you've lost your damn mind. But how we, how about we knock some sense into you right now? They file a tank and ride off to the back. Uh, just fun. I see Shotzi and Ember, and I just think they're just fun. You know, there's, yeah. there's not... There's nothing wrong with that. I don't, you know, like I shooting agree. tanks is cool. Uh, so we yeah. start, we'll face Raquel Gonzalez next, but not for EO confronts her backstage and yells, You cannot kill me. They get to a brawl, Gonzalez knocks her down, officials go to check on her. The dog has now run inside the Capitol Wrestling Centre. Beth Felix says, What's for the dogs? Uh, Roger Strong is sulking as we come back from a break, and he won't stick around here for the Battle Royal main event because he's done with everything. He walks out of the CWC. 
Uh, okay, buy buy strong. Uh, maybe <laughs> let Bobby Fish know what you're up to. You know, oh you know somebody call him, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so he start versus Raquel Gonzalez. Gonzalez clubs her in the back and tries to put her up. Uh, Stark fights her off and hits a net breaker for two. Spinebuster for Gonzalez to finally put Stark away. I was surprised just how much offence she got on on Gonzalez. I would have made the challenger look stronger before Ayo Shirai next week. But again, it just proved that. You know, I, I think the thing is, is Zoe had to hit like three or four moves. And all Gonzalez had to do was hit that one finisher to get the yeah. job done. You know, I think that was fair enough. Uh, but will Kai have a role to play at TakeOver? Is she getting overlooked by a tag team partner and then any others? Uh, I think a lot of I think they've doing a, they've been doing a lot of storytelling with the uh, looks, you know what I mean, with the facial expressions of both ladies over uh, over this build. So I would not be surprised if Kai play a factor, even whether that means costing, uh, you know, uh, Raquel in some sort of way or you know something. I can definitely see her playing a factor in some type of way. Not completely sure what way yet, but they've definitely teasing something uh, down the line with uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel. Yeah, I think about that. We see uh, Shai charging out the back from the ring and brawling with Gonzalez. She drop kicks Gonzalez out the ring. The fight continues. Gonzalez picks her up and throws her into the plexiglass. Officials surround Shai while Dakota try tries to get Gonzalez to head to the back. They stand at the top of the rank looking at handiwork. We then get a tease of Carla Riley out of the cold video package after the break. And that dog is back again. And then Kashida says, tonight nothing will stop you from winning. But... And then Pete Dunn cuts him off, says, in case you misheard the challenge, I dare you to try and prove me wrong. The two exchange ugly faces and we go to a video package where Kathleen Anna Cole and Kyle O'Reilly wore. Um, you know, if you saw the beginning and the end of last week's show, you probably already know, I think, the video package, except for the dramatic music. And then the next match <laughs> is Katie Cantazaro and Caden Carter versus Tia Shan and Zia Lee. And Mi Ying stays at the top of the entrance ramp at a throne, leaving Zia Lee to head down to the ring for the tag team match. I suppose this makes sense if Kamakyu never rehabbed her knee enough to get back in the ring. Therefore, we expected the tag team match is now a handicap match. But Caden Carter waits for the tag as Mi Ying and Boa look on, and Carter is not having it. She goes to confront Ying, who puts for the choke code and squeezes her until she drops her unconscious. She sits back down, meanwhile, back in the ring, Zia Lee hits a knee to the jaw, and the spin kick for the pin. Acting contest turned handicap match turned one on one match, and wherever it was, was Zia Lee. Even the announce team have no idea what just happened. I don't blame them. <laughs> no, um, yeah, me either. What were your what were your thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah I don't know man I really uh, you know to be fair uh, I I must say as a as a a group to have a group like this that seems so threatening and even the character of uh, uh, Ming you know Ming or your know, Tian Shaw as as a whole to be fair uh, I like how menacing they are that's the only thing I really can say like to have that that type of threat to where I'm not sure what, what the hell I'm looking at. Is you know, you know, it, it's, a, it's weird if you know what I mean. Like on one side, I'm confused and I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm like, why? But on the other side, I'm still intrigued. And I'm not so, I'm not insulted enough to where I'm like, okay, I gotta get this off. I'm tired of this. I'm just, I'm intrigued to see where they're going with it. But at the same time, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where but I'm at. I completely understand. But one of the things that I watched and I, and I went back and checked on it. AEW fans thinking that the women's their women's division is sorted now, right? Because of the fact. <laughs> don't get me wrong, the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match was fantastic. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Ever since then, AEW, oh, our women's division is, is sorted out. Have three back-to-back women matches on Dynamite. It wouldn't exactly. happen. Exactly. On NXT, you wouldn't yeah. bat an island. I, you know, I look back and I went, did we just have three women's matches? And then yeah. it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like. 
And I think that is the kind of thing of once they got in a position to do that, fair enough. But hey, I'm just starting a war. And, and then, uh, like anyway. you said, three different <laughs> matches, but also like three different stories too. Like they're the it's not even connected. Like you know what I mean? Like you got the the titles, you got the then you have a few that has nothing to do with any belt. So it's just great. It is. It really is. And uh, really like Casey and Caden, even though Caden might be dead. I don't know what happened yeah, to her after we're that. We're not sure. we got to check on that. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to do an interview with Mackenzie. She gets jumped by Yoshi again. Gonzalez picks up and swings her through a wall. I know it's supposed to be impressive. Uh, it shows that it was a boarded window. But still, it's funny when people, you know, go, oh, it was a boarded. It's still a boarded window. Right. Exactly. Like, like, what are you, you know, talking about? That don't make the bump yeah. any easier to take. Like, come on, what is wrong with people? I, I don't get it. But yeah, it was. Oh my goodness, what a sick, sick spot. And again, EO made that made like this whole entire, you know, just <laughs> continuing the fight was just so cool. She made that look like yeah. I was like, oh my god. But at the same time, it's EO. You know what I mean? <laughs> She uh, made going honestly. through a wall cool. <laughs> it was just, it was just so cool. You're going, that is cool. And then the dog, we've seen it go across saying we are NXT. And now it's at the feet of someone in stiletto boots named Frankie. With a night that we're seeing us at 18th. I mean, anybody that is paying a bit of attention, even to the show that we're doing, let alone anything else, <laughs> I, it would say that uh, Tyler Valkyrie would maybe be making yeah. the debut 18th, 13th. Um, which will again, it's it's like a stacked women's division, and then you add another talent like that. At some point, it just gets a bit ridiculous. You know? I, I agree. It's just like it's so they're so deep. You know what I mean? It's incredible uh, to see. And like you said, it's only getting like the the class is only getting better. You know, it, yeah. you can see the future. You can see the future of NXT women's division already. You know what I mean? You know, you have they have those people, those guys, those people in place, and we can only imagine what's next. Right, out. So then Tommaso Ciampa with uh, an interview says, Volta, my wife and my baby girl gave me this, network, uh, this necklace. You didn't know that, and that's okay, but you reminded me of my journey, my story. Sometimes in life we need to be reminded who we are, and I've heard what we had to say. Seems a lot of people have a lot to say these days. And I sit and ask myself, are they right? Is Volta right? Have I changed? Yeah, I guess in some ways I have, but then I block out all the hate, and I think about all the people who continue to believe my wife and my baby girl. Willow Bell, I hear you, I see you, I feel you. A takeover, we're going to remind the world, I'm going to chase that dragon, climb to the top of the mountain and chop his damn head off. Walter, you got to understand saying, I've been to the top and I've fallen to the bottom and I know what it's like to make that climb again. So, Walter, yeah, I've changed, but I've learned over the last two years. I'd re- rather be a man who fights for saying, who really fights for saying, than a man who fights with nothing to lose any day of the week and twice on Wednesday. You want to know what the black heart is still here? If the psychic killer is still here in seven days of takeover, standard deliver, you're going to get your answer. And it's going to cost you NXT UK Championship. Walter, it's a long, long fall from the top of the mountain. Buckle up. And again, you're going, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. They hit it out of the park, man. It's just perfect, perfect, man. Like I said, this is... This is, if you want, I think this should be the, these shows like this should be the example of a go-home show. This is what you need to do before uh, a big, you know, pay-per-view or special. Like, this is what needs to be done. Yeah, I completely agree. Announces round for both nights. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, up next, a video for Finn Balor saying, I was expecting Cross for a long time. It was never a case of it's a case of when. But stamina's all been my strength. Finn Balor doesn't get gassed out. Cross tried, made to try to dictate the pace, but that's fine with me. 
Kadipa will get, and that's where he drowns Cross. You know, there'll be no fairy tale, fairy tale ending at Takeover Stand and Deliver. You choke. NXT uh, champion will still be Finn Balor. Game fantastic. And then we get on to the main event, the Gauntlet Eliminator Qualifying Battle Royal. Is this where Scott is the first to come out for tonight's main event? I love his attitude. It's fucking brilliant now. Even yeah. the way he kind of looks just down at the camera. <laughs> Leon Ruff blindsides him right as he gets down to the ring and the two start to brawl oh. outside and inside. Leon Ruff closes him outside. He's about to hit suicide dive for Scott Bowles and Cowers by the announce table to send us to a commercial. Pete Dunne is making his entrance right as we come back. It appears that all the other competitors for the match are already in the ring because the moment he enters, we get the opening bell. The announce reminds us that Roderick Strong is not here. So instead of a 12-man ball at Battle Royal, it's actually 11. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Loomis in the corner just staring at everyone with not going, <laughs> no one going after him. <laughs> Malcolm Bivin interferes to help uh, Jake Atlas get event, uh, get eliminated, but Aaron Paul gets floated over the ropes to the floor and Bivin just loses his client. Bronson Reed knocks off Inferior out to the ring with a butt to the face, but he lands on his back. So, but he goes, I've got an idea. Kips up and then lands on his feet and he's eliminated. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> you, know, you, you can't help but talk. You know. <laughs> Backstreet double elbow by Kushida. Kushida and Dunn start trading haymakers. They trade moves into this, put over the top rope, simultaneously eliminating each other. We go to a commercial when we come back. Kushida versus Pete Dunn is confirmed. I mean, that was really good timing on, on, on everybody. <laughs> uh, so we've got Swerve Scott, Ruff, Loomis, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, and L.A. Knight left in the ring as our final six when we come back. Gagano's joined the announce table to watch the order for the gauntlet next week to add a little spice to the proceedings. Bronson Reed eliminates Leah Ruff and Azar Swerve Scott back to back when they're down to four. L.A. Knight chops the knee and works on Reed. He and Grimes form an alliance, but Reed fights him off with headbutts. Knight is thrown to the apron. He pokes Reed in the eyes and leaps back in. Reed catches him, but he escapes and they team up with Dexter Loomis just suddenly <laughs> comes alive. <laughs> right? Out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets Reed out. Grimes then tries both pence of money to eliminate him. And he says to Grimes, he's like, right, you go left, I go right, it's fine. Loomis decks him with the right hand, his money goes flying, and both Loomis and Knight toss him out. The two stare at each other in the ring. Uh, and then Loomis decks Knight with multiple right hands, high, bo- uh, high back body toss. Knight winces in pain, he gets up. Loomis tries to toss him out. Knight puts on a break, they fight back and forth in the apron. Knight snaps him off the top rope. Knight goes through the spear, but goes through the middle rope. And since he didn't go over the top, it's not an elimination. He yanks Loomis off the apron, who did go over the apron, mm-hmm. and that is an elimination. You're winner of the Battle Royal L.A. Knight. Um, I thought this was really fun. I can't remember a finish actually like that. No, um, me either. Knight... I was just about to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the finish? What are your thoughts on the match? And what are your thoughts about the actual winner? Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. I think uh, that, that finish, that was one of the first times I ever thought, I was like, man, LA Knight looked really smart right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, I've always, that always been a, a thing that was possible, you know, instead of going over the top, try to go under, you know what I mean? So I like that element of it. It was, it was a nice spot. Uh, the uh, the match itself, I thought, did a really great job of, of just telling stories. Like, I I thought they did, they used it. I, at first, I thought they were just, okay, well, it seems like they don't know what to do with, with some guys. So they're putting them in a the battle royal to, to just, uh, you know, get us through until the, to take over. No, like they they constructed this battle royal to tell a story. You know, you got the stuff with Ruff and Swerve. You have, uh, we, we all know, you know, not only with L.A. Knight and Bronson, but just also, uh, you know, with Loomis looming and being who he is and we all know he's probably the most dangerous person in that match based on his all his ongoing story with Gargano 
So when you have all those elements, you know, they end up finishing the match. And then what I like the most, this actually the best, honestly, to me, you know, L.A. Knight. And I know he's, he's, he's just, I know he's still relatively new, but L.A. Knight looked really good to me. He really started to look like somebody, not really a threat, but somebody who can, you know, use his brains and use yeah. uh, the environment to his uh, advantage. And he's looked even dangerous, you know, uh, towards the end. So I thought this match did a great job. You know, setting the well, stage my, for that eliminator. I was about to say, my thoughts for this, if NXT did Royal Rumbles, this is what it'd be like. You know, because like <laughs> you said, you had all the different stories going on, exactly what you wanted. And then right. you had the kind of surprise finish of going, oh, actually, I don't know if I've seen that before. But Knight picks up some of Grimes money off the announce table, points at Kagano and says he doesn't want money, just that North American title, good stuff. And just when it looks like the end, Io Shirai comes back out of the ring and she gets the mic and goes, Raquel Gonzalez! <laughs> A bunch of words. Um, Gonzalez understood though and comes back to ringside and soon start brawling. So the whole woman locker room spills out from the back trying to keep them apart. Yeah, Shai knocks Gonzalez, a bunch of the women locker room down with a big dive from the top rope into the crowd. And that is how you end a show. Wow, yes. EO is so cool. What a way to finish. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Man, I, man, she just that this show is like, I, I am mad. I almost was angry they portrayed her so awesomely in the for, for me throughout that night because they got over a lot of those emotions you want from a baby face you know the never giving up is all through her constant attempts at attacking Raquel and when she finally gets the upper hand taking out everybody like she didn't it wasn't like she looks like such a badass but also the good guy in the situation you know usually in WWE they have a tendency to book the bad guys like that you know not so much not so much the good guys. I think without a doubt. Uh, and I think if we look at it, you know, we just looked at seven episodes of NXT and we've done NXT update on the WNR podcast since, you know, 2015. And it's one of the most enjoyable things to do a month. And it's not just because of the humour, but the action and the kind of story that always pays off as well, leading to a kind of takeover card. What have you thought of NXT this month? I thought it was really, really great. I think they did some of their best work uh, building to uh, a takeover. I think I was way more excited for this takeover than uh, the the previous one before this one. Uh, like you said, just so many. Di- not only the the way they've been telling these stories, but all, every match, all these all ten matches, other than maybe like you said, an exception can be for the tag team. They have done a great job of setting the scene and letting you know what everyone wants. And like and just it just like you said, just got you so excited. For uh for the for the takeover and I I just I have to say that I enjoy a lot of these shows great matches you know even for the most part like you said I can think of some like not only great matches but just some great moments just entertaining television all throughout of uh, these last what six or seven weeks so it's been really really good stuff and I think they did a really good job of building uh you know the hype for this show. Yeah, and I think they're not the only ones. I think you and I have done a lot for that as well. And like I said, we've looked at seven episodes of Takeover and we're, uh, of NXT, and we're more excited than Takeover. We're not burnt out at all. We, you know, if Takeover <laughs> was on tonight, we would sit and watch that, you know, straight away. Uh, um, but unfortunately, it's not tonight. But when it is, is we'll be releasing that on Saturday. So if you're interested about the NXT TakeOver, uh, don't forget we've got Hall of Fame on Tuesday and the Road to WrestleMania on Thursday. And then Monty will be back with us to head 
uh, talk about the takeover card. And speaking of that, yes, let's sure. just run through it quickly. Let's run through it because we've got Kushida versus Pete Dunn. We've got the Gauntlet Eliminate for the opportunity next to North American title. Isaiah Swerve, Scott, Leon Ruff, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. The NXT Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Match, MSK, Grizzly Young Vets, and Legala Down Phantasma. The NXT United Kingdom Championship, Volta versus Massage. In event of Leo Shire versus Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, that is a takeover card in itself. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> right. You know, like, then, then, like, before you even think about the fact that you have something next night, it's insane. Well, like I said, Thursday, the very next night, uh, uh, it will be uh, night two, and we've got a ladder match for the Unsputed NXT Successful versus Jordan Devlin. The NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus The Way. NXT North American Championship, Johnny Gagano versus the winner of Night One Gauntlet Eliminator. Kyla Riley versus Under Cole in an unsanctioned match. And the NXT Championship, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. It is a stacked takeover. And I know they, they hype it up a lot, but it might be the biggest takeover we've ever seen. I agree 100%. Like, I think they've definitely probably used that tagline before, but this is the most true, uh, I think you can say it is, it has been, you know, just two nights, insane action. And uh, I'm just excited. I can't wait to see what, you know, the, I think the the thing, the last thing I'm worried about is like some of these match qualities because I'm, I'm, I expect some of the best. Now, uh, maybe, you know, that, that can always be a bad thing. But see, TakeOver again, back to their reputation. I have no like I'm not even really even thinking about the possibility of this show not being great. You know what I mean? That's how this, good a track, yeah. of a track record they have, and this card looks just like it's gonna follow right in line with the rest of. Them. That is the beauty of a takeover, and I've done it for years. Is you can talk it up however much you want, and it will always pay off in certain ways. And that is the beauty of a take. I can say this is gonna be the greatest takeover of all time, and it will deliver for me. So, you know, that's kind of what a takeover is all about. Uh, and also, obviously, next time we run, we'll be doing takeover night one, night two, standard liver. But also, I want to make you watch something. And right. I wanted to review something as well. And that is NXT UK Prelude. It is for one right. hour happening on Thursday. I would love for you to have a look at it. And then uh, we'll Prelude. get your thoughts on the action. Uh, no basically, there's going to be three big matches. It's Miko Satamora and Mackenzie versus Kayla Ray and Isla Dorm. Kayla Ray is the longest reigning uh, NXT UK Women's Champion of all time. You've got uh, Noam Dar versus Tyler Bate. And in the main event, it's going to be NXT UK title Volta versus Rampage Brown. Hopefully it's only be out of your time uh, and you'll never have to watch it again if it's awful. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. I have no problem checking that out. Uh, I, will, I probably will brush up also on what's been going on lately because I have not seen UK in a little while. But I would definitely... Uh, Sorry, mate. I was about to say, if you do want to catch up with what's happening in the next UK, go and check out the WNR podcast, where ah! we, we released the last <laughs> two episodes of NXT UK, uh, and of course, do the monthly updates as well. So there you go. Perfect. Perfecto. <laughs> um, and a lot of people have been messaging me as well and asking us, when's the next time we're going to catch up with New Japan? Now, of course, with, with everything going on in the wrestling world, it's quite busy at this moment in time. So maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe every two months. So we've done January, we've done March. So maybe mm-hmm. in May we catch up with New Japan because obviously we've got the New Japan Cup and so much more to do. Will you be happy with that? And will you keep the listeners happy? <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. I'm, I'm very excited that they that they enjoy the first one so much that, that they're asking for it. So, yeah, 
No problem. I watch it. I watch all of it. You know, uh, they have a big show coming up, Soccer Genesis, with uh, Will Ospreay and Kota Ibushi this weekend. So uh, uh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm just excited, you know, for everything to come. And I cannot wait to talk to you about what's been going on. You know, I have no problem catching you guys up. <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant. I can't wait to have you on. And just a quick story as well. And it's more about me than it is anything else. But uh, as a wrestling fan, local wrestling, especially when it comes back once COVID reopens and to go check your local place. I was lucky enough in 2016 uh, to go to a local place where it had like 200 fans in a leisure centre. Right. The swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And the main event for that was Drew McIntyre versus Will Ospreay. And and you've years later over consecutive weekends will osprey challenging for the biggest title uh, in japan against one of the best wrestlers in the world and the week later drew mattar challenging for the w title at uh, we's biggest event it just shows you that you know even at that time to go check out local wrestling to start watching nxt uk or to watch nxt to watch who the stars of the future will be because it pays off if you stick with it you know Yes, sir. That's oh man, that's a great story. And I agree a hundred percent, man. It's just like I said, like I was mentioning with the young lions in the New Japan episode, it's the same concept, like you said, with NXT, uh, like you said, in your independent promotions, wherever you live local. It is always cool to see someone that you seen early in their career and then you can look at them years later at the top, like you said, at the pinnacle of it. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. You experience that with them almost, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And this is the thing. You feel like you've completed wrestling. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The thing is, what what we have done is completed NXT today. And that is it. Our follow of the week is Luis Benitez. Don't forget, you can follow us across all social media. Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Do you want to just plug your stuff quickly? All right, uh, this is Munchy G from the Mind of Munchy podcast. You can find that on all of your podcasting platforms. Haven't done a show in a while, but we will be returning soon uh, with more wrestling content. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Mind Munchy Pod. Appreciate you guys. Uh, and also, if you enjoyed Monty on the podcast today, don't forget to go back and check our back catalog with Monty involved in every single NXT event that we've had as well. And that will continue along into the future, we hope as well. And WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, WNR Podcast with latest clips. Podcasts at the same time. And YouTube is new SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Like I say, Tuesday. Our next episode will be the Hall of Fame with the WNR Dan Thursday with Jack C, the road to WrestleMania. And then Monty is back Saturday with NXT UK Prelude and NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. But until then, I've been Jace Ronans and I'll have the pleasure to be joined by Monty again. Thank you for joining me. I had such a laugh doing this. I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. <laughs> always, always. And I thank you again for having me. And uh, I'm ready. I can't wait. This is a big weekend and week for, for wrestling. So I'm just, I'm happy. I can't wait. Without a doubt. So until we stand and deliver, that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) And bye. Adios.